0: And. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm
1: Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. I am your pseudo intro man for the evening one, Mr. Edhorn. And tonight our topic for the evening: system versus setting. What draws you into a game? What keeps you into a game? We'll have all kinds of interesting discussions, mostly in the RPG realm, but we could probably uh, translate that to miniatures as well. Um, I am, of course, joined by my two co-hosts who are always here and amazing. One, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend?
0: Good, Ed. How you doing?
1: Fantastic. And our producer extraordinaire and small business owner himself, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend?
2: Oh, good, thanks, Ed. I'll try and remember that you did it this time.
1: Yes, thank you for those that sent the messages. I think Chris picked it up on the editing. Um, but yes, I absolutely did say hello to Chris. And I do want a quick apology for not having a show in uh, the last cycle. Um, just things just didn't work out. I don't know the easiest way to put it. It just didn't work out for that one. So do apologize um, on that. We'll, tr-
0: we'll try just, to make Just tell them the truth. I refused to do a show because mm-hmm. I was a plus. so
2: you know <laughs> no i took uh, i took 2 weeks off from podcasting um i had, we had the same thing on deploy the garrison um i just took 2 2 weeks off while my friend was here it kind of fell over two Thursdays i gave people the option of just doing stuff or not and um i think i had i had some audio that was like on the cutting room floor from deploy the garrison so i kind of edited together a show for that but um yeah it was fine i was i was happy to have uh two weeks off from you know talking hearing yeah, no my own voice.
1: No. what it does say to me though is maybe there are occasions where we should sh- record short canned evergreen episodes kind of thing that we could toss in in the event because it's going to happen like we're going to be getting close to the holidays uh, here pre- i mean they're right around the corner Um, that maybe it might not be a bad idea to just record a quick 30-minute show and just kind of keep it in the can so when something like that comes up, boom, we can just toss it up there and that kind of goes out.
2: I think it's a good thing about the system we have down now where we use um, the Discord bot to pull the audio and it does all of the hard work separating out the tracks and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty easy to just do impromptu stuff. We don't need um, the producer side of it is a lot easier than it used to be when we started. Yes, With, that, the, that was his intimating- recordings and- um. Oh, God, yes.
1: Uh, that, that was his way of intimating. We don't necessarily need Chris to make a show, is what he's trying. Oh, no, you <laughs> guys
2: have recorded a show without me before.
1: And you guys have recorded without me. It can be yeah. done. It yeah. has been done. All right, so we really haven't talked in like a whole month. I mean, we've talked obviously in- the, Wait a the minute. Group
0: it, does that mean, I mean that you need me for a show? Because since I was the participant, in both of those shows, it clearly William? does.
1: I mean, you're clearly the <laughs> you're you're clearly the heart and soul. Oh. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to put that to you.
0: <laughs> I, I always thought I was the anchor dragging us to Marianas Trench here.
1: No, 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 no. The, you're the thing that makes the show go. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, so Sean, since you spoke up, we haven't talked in like a month as far as on air, what we've been doing hobby, gaming wise, or just in general life. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how the aquarium's doing because I haven't seen any recent picks. So, Sean, what have you been doing lately?
0: Um, working. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> part of it. Um, All month. Yeah, pretty much. Um, let's see. I went to a con for a day and played a, a couple games. I don't remember one of them, but the other one was a G.I. Joe deck builder game. Ooh, is that Uh, new i don't know if it's new or not um i think it might be but um there's another gi joe deck builder out there that's more cartoony or this one is more in line with like uh, like the predator games and stuff like that Um, so it's you know it's not a big box game or anything it's but it's a deck builder and it's really fun it's we played um i played it at the con and then my wednesday game group we played it last week and then the, we got our asses kicked last week by the deck and then this week we lost the first game and then ran it back and and beat it
1: oh so, so it's like, one of the ones like it's a cooperative game kind of thing like mm-hmm. the deck builds itself sort of like that the uh the alien game that i have by upper deck which i really really do like and yeah i should probably yeah. crack that out again where you actually play against the game
0: yeah, and you're you know you're buying your you know your upgrades and or you're not well you're buying cards that help build your deck and you know they help you with higher purchase costs or better battle stuff. It's a pretty cool game, good mechanic. Um, you know, it's uh, I don't know you know the replayability. I don't know if it's totally there 100%. Just, but there it, there are randomizers. There's three acts in it. You you fight. Three bosses in Act 1, and then it has a, what's called a complications deck that, like, is the schemes and things that happen with that boss. And three acts, three bosses, or three, whatever you want to call them, adversaries, one being the boss in each scene. And so basically you're fighting nine different bad guys with some sub-bosses and stuff like that. So it's all, it's all G.I. Joe. I was never really a fan of G.I. Joe or the cartoons or the toys. Growing up, I had some, but I was never like enamored by it. And
1: it sounds it sounds like the same way that the Alien one does, because the Alien one goes yeah. through like the the three movies. And yeah. I I kind of agree with you. It's kind of like like we played it a few times and then ended up putting on the shelf because once you've played it and beaten it, you you know how to beat it.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, the, there's, the
1: decks know... randomized, but you kind of know what's coming.
0: Yeah. And that's that's where I think it'll be tougher. um It'll be tougher, but you do randomize the the like the sub bosses. You randomize those um, out of the the nine card bad guy um, deck, and it's your little. It's like Act One, so like Season One easier. Season Two is a little bit harder than Season Three is the hardest, and it scales that way too. But when you're picking the the sub bosses, you, you like choose between five of them, so. So there is some randomness in there if you're, you know, if you don't pull the same boss every time, you know. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's a fun game. Um, Only ever uh, one
1: that I did that I thought was really well put together and I've been meaning to complete the set for were the Pathfinder games that were like that. Because quite literally, it was like playing D&D mm-hmm. without a DM. Like legitimately, yeah. it, it was really good, and like you can, I mean, there were different chapters. So like, you buy the big box that that comes with it, and you get the first yep. chapter to it, and then over like the two year span, they release new chapters that you added to it. So you yep. literally like it, it would have taken like like ninety hours to beat the whole adventure to go yeah, that, through it. That, so that there one, were spots that a little bit different,
0: but yeah, that one's different in that your upgrades came because you bought a box. You know, you had right the characters had their own boxes. You know basically a lot of characters a lot of boxes and stuff right right. everything came out of your box you had a starter portion of that and then you win something you get experience points and you could upgrade get better weapons things like that
1: right we had a blast with that
0: yeah the difference between that and like an active deck builder is your deck is static when you're playing you know in path or in that that pathfinder game your deck is literally static until you're done with whatever your adventure was for that game. Right. Right. And And the
1: alien one did the same thing where you like, you have to add cards to it as you went along.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's, it's a deck builder, but I don't think it's like a true, like a, you know, like the dominion style or Ascension style deck builders that are out there. Like,
1: yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty awesome, uh, time. Just hanging out with other people too is nice. Um, I play. I've been playing arcade. Um, my, uh, I'm trying to think. What do I played on that? I played a lot of Burger Time. Um, I put. I put.
1: I. am not going to lie. I picked that up and played that up uh, on the Steam Deck uh, the other day.
0: Uh, I, great, I was. I was but, going
1: through some games. Something like just. I just needed something like twenty minutes before I went to bed. I'm like, yep, no, I'm going to play the arcade of Burger Time. It was such a good game. Yep.
0: The only bad thing about the Steam Deck is. It's not a four-way gated.
1: I know, I know. And you're yeah. right, you are correct.
0: It's very hard to play that. And like on my, one of my machines, I put in electronic or whatever you want to call it. It's their electric four to eight-way gate switchers. So you push a button, it's a four-way, you push it again, it goes back to the eight-way joystick. So so when I play it and play it on that, it's really nice because it's just a push button, four-way stick, and you know it plays... Like you're in the arcade with a four-way stick, because um, those games, you know, just like Pac-Man, just like Miss Pac-Man, and all those, they're precision. You know, your left, rights, ups, downs are very precision. So if they're not gated correctly, you know, you miss your, you mm-hmm. miss your going up the ladder. You know, Donkey Kong's like that. A lot of the game, old games are like that. And um, so I played that. What else did I play? Um, well, while you're playing, some... I, I, I played sorry, double Double dribble from Konami. Ooh. Played some of that. Got my butt kicked in that. Um, try to think.
1: NBA Jam was, other... was the other one I fired up because I love that game.
0: Yeah. NBA. played a little bit of NBA Jam down in the arcade um, on the machine down there. And boy, I hate that game. Get that 10 point lead and you're losing by 20. The next thing you'll notice. The, you know? the
1: rubber banding that they program yep. into the game. Yep. Oh, yep. God, do I. There, there is a way, like, there are versions of the game where you can get into the quote-unquote developer mode and actually take that rubber banding off. But yeah, no, you're never capable. Of, every, and every time mm-hmm. it's going to be at the end of the quarter, they're going to throw one from three quarters court and it's going to go in. You're like, come on.
0: Yeah, if you're up by six, you know you're going to be up by three at the end of the quarter, you know, because yep. that's just the way that it works. And, but it's fun to play. You know, I like games that give you, you know, I watch a lot of a lot of people play um, it's the uh, e a sports n c a fourteen revamped is what it's called. Mm-hmm. and i watch I watch a lot of that because some of the the youtubers are pretty funny to watch and stuff. but I watch people play it, and then, like by season three, they're winning national championships. You know, they yeah. take the worst team and then season three, they're winning national championships. Well, the reason why that is, is the AI really truly sucks in that game?
1: Yes. Even with
0: all the revamped enhancements and things like that that they've done, it the the AI sucks. You know, you know. And if you're if you understand American football, if you're you know from America, you know, quarterbacks don't run directly into defensive linemen. You know, three quarters of the time they get tackled when they're trying to run. You know, run because they don't have a, a, an open receiver. It's just so stupid, but. It's still fun to watch, but with with NBA Jam, that rubber banding effect keeps the game close, keeps it tense, you know, and, you know, if you're playing, especially if you're playing with friends, you know, it's even better if, if, if you and your friend are on the same team, and, you know, you hit that three, you're up by five points with 30 seconds left, next thing you know, you're down by three, you know, because <laughs> of the way the game's designed
1: well i can tell you the i can't tell you the number like my dad I, it wasn't in the arcade it was whenever nba jam came out on the sega genesis yep. my dad i my dad and i think i spent spent a summer trying mm-hmm. to get all the way to the top and beat that game
0: yeah then there's the tournament edition too which i'm not 100 percent sure what that one is i think you play like a tournament with that or something
1: no so the tournament edition was the one that was designed what, what the heck
2: did it not just have the correct players or players were like, the unlicensed players or something like that? I'm thinking, so, I don't know.
1: It was designed for tournament play. That was the catch, was it was designed to be so that they could play it in tournaments. Because whenever the first NBA Jam came out, that's the one that fixed the quote-unquote balancing issues for multiplayer.
0: Yeah, and it, it depended if, when it first came out, it also depended... Because there were two ROMs that were put out. There was the one with Michael Jordan, and the one without Michael Jordan. Because
1: uh-huh. initially,
0: initially he signed to do it, and I don't think they were paying him enough. So then he took his name out of the licensing for it. So then you know you had like Scottie Pippen and you know some other person playing instead of Michael Jordan and Scottie. Horace Pippen. Grant. It was Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Yeah, Horace Grant. Yep.
1: Well, you also had Steve Kerr on that team, but it was for me. It was always Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. Those are my those are my go-to.
0: Yeah, so you know it it just depends. Like um, Arcade One Up, you know, has re-released those cabinets. You know, they're the three-quarter scale. Mm-hmm. They also have the XL, which is almost semi-close to a an actual arcade. But the interesting thing about it is, is that you're playing it today without all the licensed players of yesterday. So you have. If, I don't remember if Scottie Pippen signed on with the Bulls, you know, for the re-release. But it's just interesting to see how that game is now trying to re-release it without it being like you know a uh, uh, you know a stolen ROM, basically. You know,
1: interesting. I guess I hadn't thought about that because if they are going to sell it, then they need to go. Nope. They need to go back to every single player that was in the NBA
2: PA
0: at that time and, and, and get signed off. And get signed, yeah, back on. Same with NFL Blitz.
2: Right. I would have bothered paying NFL residuals. Blitz. It's not really important. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's 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 the thing. Like, NFL Blitz was very similar. You didn't have all the same players you had back when it was released in 99-2000 timeframe.
1: Oh, I don't so know you, how I would feel about that. Because, like, that, that, that's kind of well, part of the well, game for me, you know?
0: Well, the other thing that they did on the re-release, because of the concussion protocols in...
1: Yeah, I remember hearing they about. Took this. away all
0: those. They took away all the late hits and you know the 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 heavy hits. So it's a what I would call it's the same game, but it's a scaled back version of the game. You know, because you can't you know jump and flop and do the arm bar on the guy when he's tackled things like that. You can't do that anymore. So there's some give and take. You know, when you're doing it today, but uh, yeah,
1: understandable. As long as the core gameplay is kind of still there, I guess that's all that's really important, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. So the other thing is my son has been working on the Agora models, um, you know, the uh, Imperium models, and I think we're up to... I think we're up to... Let's see. 71, I think, is where we're Ooh. at now.
1: Getting close to and the end.
0: Yeah, there's only... 80 is where the original end was, and then they yeah. added the 10. I still haven't decided if I'm going to do the other 10, because... It's sisters in those suits that we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know if I'm gonna go through with I I may just not do it. Just
1: Well if it just, doesn't add to the armies that you're collecting, there's no reason for it really.
0: Yeah. You know, I've don't get
1: me wrong, you you could probably if you wanted to make, maybe make a bit of a profit by eBaying them, but that's kind of a bit of a hassle too.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is is like you got you get like four hundred and fifty points in sisters mm-hmm. and then and you get like 400 points of Mechanicus. So, yeah. you know, it's it's the big thing in that was getting all the Space Marines. And then, of course, you get a roughly 2,000-point Necron army too. Correct. You know, which is nice. And then I did the, the, whatever you call it, the extra one where I got basically the combat patrol or similar to a combat patrol or starter box of uh, the four other armies, which I don't remember what they right. all were. Um, chaos space marines, I I, that too. yeah chaos orcs were chaos space marines mm-hmm. maybe I don't know i I would say tyranids, but i I'm probably wrong in that one. but I gave you four you know extra starters if you wanted to you know in the orcs I have we have a box for orcs we have the kill killed Kildaka warband box. I have a sisters box too, so it's not like I don't have sisters available. Yeah, but I think there.
1: there's Chris. Correct me if wrong. weren't there the boarding patrol boxes that came out, not the combat patrols. I don't, I don't remember. They've done,
2: about. they've done some new combat patrol boxes as well and boarding patrol ones. So depends, it, it could have either.
0: So here in the near future, there may be some uh, dice slinging for Warhammer. Out, so, um, a lot of it's just. Finding the time, you know, my son has a life outside of the house and I go to work and then go to bed. <laughs> yep, know that feeling. Oh, so hopefully, you know, we'll be able to to uh, get some games in and stuff.
1: That's why Tuesday night is the the, uh, the highlight of my week most weeks is the kiss wife and kids goodbye, bye, we're leaving, boom, right out the door by, you know, 5.45, we're at the game store by 6 o'clock, we're rolling dice. Like, I... Yeah. I need that to maintain mental health and sanity.
0: Yep, exactly. So that'll pretty much end my non-flight deck.
1: <laughs> non-flight deck. Chris, what have you been up to lately, my friend?
2: Well, as I said, I took a couple of weeks off from podcasting, so that was uh, good. We went and visited places, but we I went to the uh, Royal Tyrrell Museum up in Drumheller to see the dinosaurs again. Um, we went to a zoo, did all of that, lots of family time. Went up to Edmonton to do West Ed Mall for like, the largest mall in the world. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool. Saw lots of stuff. We, I played some uh, some games. I played Boarding Patrols with Jono, my, fr- my friend from the UK. He brought his Space Marines over and um, I got my Aldari out again. Um, turns out the uh, points changes meant I got to just add in a squad of guardians to my 500-point boarding patrol. Uh, but it looks like they've balanced it a lot better. I I forgot the order of operations for opening doors and moving through and all of this kind of stuff. So I'd committed to kind of capturing an objective where he was just going to be able to open a door and murderize me. Because um, uh, if I open it, he won't be able to come through and charge me because the door only opens at the end of a, of a movement step. It can still shoot, though. Yep. So the door opened and then a bunch of bolt guns poked through and murderized my elderly who like, stood on the objective. <laughs> um, so it was sad times for those guardians. I mean, I'm playing the Andon, so I do need the guardians to die so that I can get more Wraith Guard. Of course. If the, if the guardians all live, I don't have any Wraith Guard replacements. So, you know, thematically, I was doing it correctly. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, It was a weird, really weird game because... I was behind the eight ball all the way through. So it was like, oh, yeah, this is how the game works. You know, those realizations were where you've messed up and then it's really hard to kind of undo that cycle. Yeah. Um, and you then, see, what do I, you
1: see your mistakes like two turns after? You're like, oh, yeah. darn
2: it. <laughs> I've played a good chunk of X-Wing. Um, I've good. been playing um, a scum list. I was flying with Bosk in the YV666 um, and gave him the IG-11 crew, which is the IG droid from a Mandalorian. And his card is, whenever you would take a face-up damage card, uh, instead, you have to take a calculate token and place a fuse marker on the crew card. Then once he's got two fuse markers on it, you flip it over and that then reads uh, in the end phase, remove a fuse card, and then if you can't, your ship explodes. <gasps> Yikes! So like it protects you from from crits, but um, then you Literally. have to keep taking, you have to keep taking the action to put um fuses back on IG Eleven so he doesn't go into self destruct mode or anti capture protocols.
1: Interesting. So you can kind of stave it off for a bit, but at the cost of the action. That's interesting.
2: Well, it's been um pretty successful Uh, I was on a decent run with the list I'll go into the rest of the list in a minute but he's got uh, IG-11 I have Contraband Cybernetics which is um, once in the game I basically get to do um, either a red move when I'm stressed and I can perform actions when I'm stressed so I can do the stop and still do an action, I can do the hard turn and still do an action, that kind of thing Um, and then um I have Notorious for my talent, which is another don't bother shooting me card. Because if if you have the thing that shoots you in arc, you can spend one of its recurring charges and you put give a strain to them. And then if you shoot someone who's strained, you get to reroll an attack dice. So nice. it's like, um, and my plan was like, if I bring Bosk into a combat turn, like combat engagement round two or three, rather than kind of rushing him in, He's not the target early. He's got three shields where Evosa crits. It goes on the shield, so you're not being dealt a face-up damage card anyway. But most of the time, you can't kill him. If the game lasts six to seven rounds on average now, generally he doesn't die, even if you get the charges on him. So I have coordinate in my list as well, so I can like coordinate the action and then still do an offensive action, that kind of thing.
1: Remind me, I've got a question question about turn length, Um, uh, but I'll I'll catch you later
2: on that. Yeah, no worries. So basically the idea is that he's a six-point investment, so relatively cheap for a big chunky ship. You're only going to get three or four rounds of shooting from him because it's still the same thing of flying that kind of YV-666. They're not maneuverable. They're easy to get behind. But because you know where the engagement's going to be, you can kind of plan your path through Turn one, I'm not going to sh- shoot anyway. Turn two, I can kind of try and clip something at range three. And then you-, you aim for like three to four turns of shooting and then just fly away and keep your points on the table kind of thing. The rest of the list was um, Dace Bonarm, which is the-, the stupid hawk who does the ion thing. Um, if they get ionized, you can... Spend your charges and make them take three ion tokens so even big ships have to t- suffer it. I have no ion in my list at all, but I took him because he's four points and has access to the Moldy Crow title. Right. So like his card text is blank. I don't care. I just <laughs> wanted I wanted the cheapest access to the titles I could get. There's no su- nice there's no prime. such thing
1: as generic pilots in X-Wing anymore.
2: Yeah. Um and then um, uh, well, not all hawks have access to a Morty Crow title either. Only the people who canonically flew in the Morty Crow have access to a title.
1: Oh, at least they fixed so, that for. We fixed that yeah. at least for fluff reasons.
2: Yeah, so all of the titles now are locked to specific pilots. You have to have piloted the ship, or like, you know, been involved with that character in the storyline, or whatever. Um, so in Scum, um. Paleob can take it, I think. And, um, yeah, Paleob and Dace can both take Moldy Crow. But Torkil Mux can't. Um, Kanan, um, yeah, Kanan can't take it because so he can fly a Hawk. And then there's another pilot, I can't remember, who can't take it either. What does Multicrow do? So it gives you the front arc, three dice attack. And it gives you the ability to store up to two focus tokens in the end phase and carry them over. So uh, you take yeah, focus I action rem- turn I one. Remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then his crew, I gave him um, Paz Vizsla. I think it is one of the Mandalorian guys from the Clone Wars. Whose card text like, is um, he adds a white coordinate action
0: Ooh.
2: that lets you when you coordinate. Instead of coordinating a ship, you can also coordinate the, uh, the Mandalorian Super Commandos, which are tokens you can deploy out of your ships, which I don't have any. Again, that card text is blank. I just wanted the white coordinate, so I'm not stressing myself. Yep. So I spent all of his load out near enough onto, onto that. So I have a pilot whose pilot ability is blank, a crew card whose crew ability is blank. But, you know, it's fine. I'm still getting value. Then I've got um, Joy Rekoff, who's an interesting fang fighter for scum. They have um, their abilities when you attack with your primary. You can spend a charge off a torpedo upgrade to make your opponent roll one less defense dice. So basically has crack shot, but it doesn't have to be in bullseye or anything. You just have to be doing a primary attack. So obviously he got the cheapest torpedo I could get, which was ion on torpedoes. And he just flies around trying to like target lock focus someone, reduce their agility and just pile some damage in. Then I have um it's not Genesis Red, it is the other one. Um it i gonna, gonna I've forgotten. It's not Cirasu. it's not Genesis Red, it is the M3A. Where are you? Quinjast, that's the one, who's a three point ship who has 12 walled-out value, which lets you be able to afford to take uh, Proton Torpedoes. So a three-point Proton Torpedo carrier, and her ability is um, that at the start of engagement, you can take a Disarm token to recharge or reload one of your weapons. So she's a three-point ship that has Proton Torpedoes that can last for an entire game and you get to decide to do it after you've done your action at the start of engagement, so you know if you have a shot or not. So
1: you have that, no- you have that knowledge beforehand kind of thing. There is an advantage to that.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then my last ship was Captain Sivor, who is the uh, Mining Guild TIE Fighter, who as long as you're not in your opponent's bullseye arc, you can jam them when they attack you or when you attack them. And then he's got Duke, so... You just jam off a focus token, and they can't. They don't defend as well, kind of thing. Uh, it was doing pretty well. I was enjoying it, and then I've been practicing. Um, it's not a satellite um, scramble transmission, and that's where you've got to take an action to place, like take control of one of the satellites. But my my initiative caps out at initiative four. I've got two initiative three ships and three initiative four ships, and that scenario is really hard if you just out initiative all the time. So I've been trying to do my normal game of trying to control the objectives and get that passive points coming in. And I've come to a decision that I really need to just play it more aggressively. I need to kind of pounce on something, kill it, and then try and push through the uh, the game later on. Because so I don't think I can actually win that scenario. It's really difficult against anyone who's got like a couple of I-5s or something like that.
1: They're an I-6 out there, yeah.
2: There's, a, like, there's nothing you can do like, you take the action and then if, if Anakin comes in takes the action you can't stop him because you've already moved so they always get to control the uh, control points so that was it was an interesting thing because um, I know I'm doing it as well and I'm persisting in a losing strategy expecting it to go <laughs> differently so I think I've lost like two games back to back where um, I've been playing against higher initiative ships and I've done the same thing. I'm like, uh, no, no. We we decided last time we weren't going to do this again, and then did it anyway. So, it yeah. Defin-
1: definition of insanity is what again? Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Then I did make a, an interesting imperial list that I think Ed will like. Ooh. Um, again, because of the the next tournament I'm running is um, four, um, three rounds of um, just a um, scrambled transmission. Because we're doing an event series where we'll just play the one mission every round for that event. Oh, that's
1: an interesting idea.
2: Yeah, and you can tell your list to play into that mission, and you know what mission it is going in. So I did an Imperial uh, Tie Swarm, where I have Inferno Squadron. Then I had um, Wampa to be an initiative one ship, so that he can fly in and steal the uh, steal the early objectives. And then I had um it's not Backstabber, box, that's the wrong list. It is uh Dark Curse who is in the um, what pack is it in? Um, it's in the the new corset and the um All right. I the album. yeah.
1: I didn't realize there was a new corset out. Oh yeah. I'll
2: show you. It's now a a gonna... box. It's about empire.
1: Oh for those, those, those are yeah. okay, those I did see those. Those are cool.
2: Yeah, there's the Rebel and Empire starter boxes, which come with, like, standard out ships. Um, I'm saying,
1: AMG, you're welcome.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I'll I've got... to
1: check the check in the mail, anytime. For the... Just make it out to Chris in the show.
2: Yeah. But I have Battle of Yavin Dark Curse, who's um, Initiative 6, so I've got one I-1, an I-6, and three I-4s uh, to try and kind of have a good... I can do the jumping in early and get an objective, or jumping in last to get an objective. Yep, And... Iden should be able to protect the person who does the objective action because you have no tokens for that turn. But if it's a, if it gets through you just pop Iden's ability and don't take any damage anyway. The only problem is that you're you're kind of lacking modifiers on your dice. The best you do it is like focused TIE Fighter shots. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, with no with no Howlrunner for the rerolls.
2: Yeah, I I thought about I'd rather have um, the theme, the the more ships. So
1: yeah, no, I get that too. So hang on, before we move on, what did you think about that that starter pack? Like, I mean, I know we talked about them whenever they were first announced, and you know how much of a great idea they were. Um, But if you were a starting player, like you've never touched X Men before, and darn it, I really like the Galactic Empire, and I pick that box up, is that a good place for a player to start?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, value wise it's really good um, I think the Empire one is currently better value than the Rebel one just because of where the points break out but there's nothing stopping points getting rebalanced because that's what they do mm-hmm. um, so I personally I went and got both of them anyway because I'm a completionist kind of thing Of course. I, um, but I think the Empire one is currently better value because um, the starter pack beta it has a really good build for the um, standard loadout card. He he comes with um, like afterburners. Let's have a look.
1: Do they all come with
2: like the 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 pre-terms so, like so it comes with. I'm not opening if you yet. Exactly. Oh, no, no, no. no. I don't want. You, yeah, it you don't need. It comes with to... it comes with seven standard loadout cards, um, seven normal ship cards. So you get the same pilot will have a standard loadout option and a uh normal card option
1: right do they come with any of the upgrades
2: it comes with some upgrades um not uh not all of them but again if you're playing standard world you don't need the upgrade cards right exactly um
1: and that's a good good place to get a a new player into the game started is just with those standard those standard cards because everything's literally stapled to the card this is what you have
2: I mean, there's so many good way. If you want to play Empire or Rebels now, there's so many good combos of what you can buy that feel like good value. like You can do the Rebel starter, a Falcon, and the Battle Yavin pack and have a really good mix of ships that oh, like be competitive lists. If you're doing Empire, you can do uh, the starter box, maybe a Defender, or um, I mean... You could do the starter box and a Sky Strike, or you could do Yavin again and maybe an extra Tie Fighter or something like that, or a, an extra Interceptor. Yeah, probably an Interceptor, um, and that would be pretty good value, um, and like is relatively cheap for you know a full In list comparison. with a bunch of options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like them. Hopefully, they get the, them out for all of the factions that are. I don't want them to rush them, obviously. But like every faction having to start a starter box and a squadron pack would be pretty cool, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're working their way towards it. Yeah.
2: Then uh, I played a one game with a new Rebel list that I decided to try, uh, which is, um, I named. I actually named this list. I very rarely think of fun, exciting names for my list. <laughs> I went for some nostalgia pandering. So the first ship in this list is Luke Skywalker from the Battle of Yavin, you know. There you go. Everyone's favorite. Gotta love old Luke Skywalker, Red 5, you know. Some mm-hmm. nostalgia culture there. Then, like, for people, El Rage, I went with Calcatan.
1: Ooh, there you go. The,
2: and the Hawk. Got Maldi Crow. He's got his Perceptive Coal Pilot to get his focus tokens quicker. And then I was like, well, that's nostalgia for people age. What about like younger, hip people? They also have nostalgia for stuff like Rebels. So I went with Sabine Wren in the TIE Fighter and some Clan Wren volunteers in the Fang Fighters.
0: There you go. Because
2: they're not quite generics. It's the, uh, the dotted generics. You can take two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had, like, they're only Initiative 3, but they have, like, 12 loadout out value. And because they're Mandalorians, there's a bunch of new Mandalorian upgrades that came in the Pride of Mandalore pack. So my Fang Fighters both got shield upgrades and then Mandalorian optics, which lets them in the system phase. You can spend a charge, take a target lock at something that's in your front arc. You just get to acquire a target lock on it so you can do it even if you're stressed. And, And then if you attack something that you have target locked, you ignore obstructions for anything that's in between you and it.
1: Oh, very nice.
2: Yeah. So well, that felt pretty fun. I played a game and won with that list, but I played two games because we reset after turn one. After after round two, we reset the game because it had snowballed really quickly. Like, Yeah. Um, my opponent was running Imperials and had two Adesintia fell and Gideon Hask in the Interceptor. Uh, so a pretty offensive focus but fragile squad and both times he let me get a proton torpedo from luke in turn one onto gideon at
1: mm-hmm.
2: like the first time i took gideon down to one hole with just see proton torpedo from luke and then the second time i i kind of yeah it was just it was a rough first game the second one was closer but i still kind of grind it out
1: and there's nothing wrong with re-racking a game. I did the exact same thing a couple of weeks ago, where by, like, the end of, like, uh, a very early turn, you can already see the outcome, and there's still oodles of time and left. Let's just rewrack and start over. There's hey, nothing wrong with that.
2: It's one of those things where it's just not going to be fun. Right. Uh, there's no point being trapped in the game. I'm not I'm not practicing for worlds. I don't need to have that, like, bounce-back ability training. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was like... Dude, you want to just, just reset that again? Be fine. So we left the rocks and the objectives where they were, and then we just redeployed, like, re rolled for initiative for deployment and started that again.
1: Yeah, no, I did the ex- exact same thing a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, you said you had a question on turns.
1: Right. So you had said that you had got like you had made a statement and I'm sure it's just a generalization. I'm sure it's not indicative of how things are actually going throughout the world of X-Wing. But you said games don't usually last longer than six or seven turns. And that kind of like set me aback for a moment because I'm trying to I was remembering, I mean, again, way back in you know my day and black and white TV and covered wagons um, in first edition, that would be unheard of.
2: I disagree. You think so? If you think about the number of turns where something actually happened.
1: Okay, true. We're, I mean, because, well, believe me, there have been plenty of times in the first initial pass you pl- have a turn or two of reposition after that. I would agree with that statement. But you're right. In the number of turns, like things so the things actually happen So I believe
2: this, uh, I'm not looking it up because I don't have the, uh, the stuff to hand, but I believe the average number of turns, I, I can't remember if it was at the end of, 1.0 or like early in 2.0 was eight or nine rounds in the older game.
1: Yeah, that that feels right to me.
2: Yeah, right. games now end between like six and eight, but generally games end because someone's hit twenty points, exactly. Not because time's called.
1: Right, exactly. Not because it. And that was the next question. That was my follow up question to that. Is how much of that is due to time, and how much is that just the natural conclusion of the game? Which is what you want. You want the game to come to a natural
2: conclusion. Um, remember, the game now has a round limit of twelve rounds. I'm aware. Yeah, so you're
1: not, why? and that's why whenever you said six to seven turns, I'm like, they're not even hitting the the halfway point of what was kind of the slated time limit.
2: So, generally, the, the flow of the game at the moment is that you can't score objectives turn one anymore.
1: Ooh, that's so probably a
2: good turn. Call. Turn one is generally your jockeying turn. Turn two, you'll have the first lot of points scored, depending on how aggressive each player is being. There will be shots, but it's how you know, if you're focusing on killing, that kind of thing. Turn three and four stuff dies. like that's where the the meat of the engagement's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then turn 5 and 6 is your second pass, like if you can reposition in, if you're trying to break something that's damaged off that kind of thing. And then turn 7 and 8 would be like scrambling to get get points back or to close the game out kind of thing. But you don't get the you don't get the like 12, 13, 14 turn games where it's just one ship running Right, around the edge of the board in any of the missions anymore because it's just dull and boring. Right.
1: Well, and yeah, with the new rules and objectives, they would lose the game doing something like that.
2: Well, it's a, the entire goal is that the like the thing we just said about re racking. Why would you want to trap someone in that game?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking more in the competitive sense of what in that instance, but you're correct. Still, your your casual uh, pick your casual pickup game, you're right.
2: So remember this is a game where MOV was the um the first tiebreaker. So I'm down to just a one health soon TFL you, and you've got like three ships left. I can't concede because then All I right. give you a rest of the points. So I just have to run. So I've mm-hmm. got to go through emotions, or maybe I've got a slow play to increase my chance of, and then you like this this person I, is slow I, I've, playing played me. That, so, I've played no, that game but that's what not me like into. I've
1: had yeah I've had that opponent do that to me yeah. I 100% like, know what you're talking about
2: and that's the game itself is encouraging that state of play that is a correct thing to do that is the way you have to play to maximize your chance of winning that in that competitive environment correct in this competitive environment like, I concede games lots of times now like if you Right, once you get to like 16 points i well, i can kind of see before the game i i would have to do x amount of damage which is like three damage above the bell curve of what i would expect from a ship so that i can get to burr on you and if i'm doing that i'm not taking the actions to get these objectives which you already mm-hmm. have uh, so I, i'll concede a game all the time now because mod MOB doesn't matter it's strength of schedule and it, no, just, that makes it sense. doesn't matter anymore, so I'm not trapped playing that way. I don't have to minimise my loss. You don't have to maximise your win.
1: Right. And yeah, That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't, um, I don't want to cut you off. Do you have anything more you've got to do? Um.
2: I mean, I've got dice-hating stuff to chat about. It's been where most of my time's been.
1: Uh-huh. But, my-
2: but we'll, we'll do that at the end.
1: You'll do it at the end? Okay.
2: Yeah, I once it's all up and running, it'll start being done at the start. <laughs> we'll get all of us showing in early, but, um, for now, it's still, uh, still other stuff. I probably have done other bits and pieces, but I'm happy to roll on.
1: All right, cool. For me, I've been, it's been all 40k all the time. I'm actually posting pictures in the discord for some of the stuff I've been, uh, painting. I have been on a pretty good painting tear. I need to stay on it because I can actually see the end of the tunnel. Um, Word of advice. So, how I've been painting my sisters, it's the exact same way whenever I was doing the 20 or 30 that I have painted at this point. It was five at a time. It was the batch painting kind of style. They all get this, they all get that, they all go here, they go here. Ooh, this one's got a little bit of a different gribbly bit than that one does, but that's not that big of a deal. And it was going really, really well. And I thought that that would be a great idea to do with my characters. And oh boy, was that a mistake. And about halfway through that, I just threw that plan out the window and just went to one character at a time. But I ended up getting my um Canaanites is done, my Repentious Superior is done, my Magifire is done, my Dialogus is done, and the uh Palantine's done. So I ended up doing those five characters. It literally took me twice as long because each of those individual characters, like I mean, aside from the robes and the armor, they don't really share anything at all that's the same. So it's really hard to kind of get in a rhythm. With those, but I muscled through it and got those done. That completed my infantry for my fifteen hundred point army. Anything that's on foot and is a just a person on a small base, they're done. Then I moved on to getting my Paragon war suits fully painted. They're done, and I just uh, the other day finished my Castigator, which leaves my fifteen hundred point list down to an Emulator, an Exorcist, which is staring me in the face right now, and Morvinvall. I have three models, three models left for the, what my everyday driver basically list um, going to the stories. I do want to expand that out to, to 2000 and I already know what my 2000 point list is going to be. So I know that I've got like 15 Jump Pack Girls I've got to do and another Rhino. But my point being after almost a year and a half, I'm almost there. And then I get to start painting stuff just for fun. Like, hey, I have got I don't know, 15, 20 um, arcerflage. I wonder how how they're gonna do. Let's paint those up and see how they do. Like now, it's more along the, the let's try this out kind of saves. So I've got three patented engines up here that haven't tried them. Never even I played them. I played it one time and never even got to u- never got to use it. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I did play one in a game. I f- I put it physically on the table and then took it right back off. <laughs> but um, so painting wise, I'm actually. I started to stall. I'm not going to lie. The, those those last characters, I'm glad I saved them for the end because, oh boy, was that kind of draining and I was getting a little bit... I was starting to definitely feel the grind of painting an army kick in. And then I moved on to something like completely different. The Paragon Warsuits were completely different. And then I got done painting the Castigator and that was different. And I was surprised how, how fast that went in comparison to even painting troops. Um, I'm not really looking forward to the, the stained glass on the emulator, but I'm um, damn it. I'm going to tackle it. Uh, I'm going to try it. Uh, I I've got to get through it. And then the, the exorcist go oh, good Lord. Is there so many, it's like everything on, I I, I heard an interesting term. Um, I was listening to a, uh, another podcast and they were talking about painting armies and ranking them, how hard and uh, how hard and easy they are to, to paint. And instead of doing like a tier list of like ABC, uh, you know, the whole th- generic tier list everyone does. They did them um their own scale. And one of their scales was Chaos Trim. And I totally get that because that's where they put the Adeptus Sororitas and the fact like. They're, they're, they're easy to start off with, but they have so many individual little, oh. there's a hand grenade here and there's gold trim here. And there's this here that it's, it's the, tri- it's the little detail work that takes up the most time. And that exorcist is dripping <laughs> with that. So that'll be a nice thing to, 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 to finish off all of my vehicles before I move on to Vall and call that done. So I'm super excited. I can see the end of the tunnel now.
2: It's like a race if I'll get Celestine done before you finish the rest of the army then.
1: Oh, if it's a race, what happens if I win? <laughs> I don't
2: know. You get to tell the world that you won. Yay! I, don't know.
1: I am looking for, I don't know, I, again, no pressure whatsoever, but I am I, we, the, there is talk at the stores of bumping everyone up to, to 2,000 points here in about a month or so, and I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to take Chris to do that, but it, I, if not, I'll field something else in the meantime, but I really am looking forward to fielding her. Yeah. Um, games at the game store. Um, so I think I don't know where I left off in the last time. Um, but we were training one new guy. He's kind of graduated, and he's
2: working. I think with- Chad came with Angron. Oh, where yeah, we left. Yeah. Where you left last oh, time. Oh
1: yes. So yeah. That all right. So oh god. There's, I'm, that I'm. He's still reeling over that. By the way, he's still pissed off about that. Um. My point is that at that point in time, I think we had one new player that we were kind of angling into the game and kind of getting his practice games. Since then, we had some lucky loos that had been around the tables there that have also jumped in. Um, one of them um, ended up getting the Leviathan box that it is working off of Space Marines, which is fantastic because he split with the Tyranid player, who is our new player. So they kind of split a box, which is awesome. And then we had another guy come in, watched us play a game for a couple of weeks and then walked in the door pulled the black Templar combat patrol off the shelf and said, I'll play this. <laughs> so he went home. He got everything built up. I said, if you come in next week and you have those built and ready to go, I'll pull out a combat patrol of sisters and we'll, I'll teach you how to play, play with uh, combat patrol, which was an interesting game. It was an interesting game format. Um, I could definitely see how some armies are angled better. Um, Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that 10th edition is an action based game. And I always hear people talk about this whenever you have, you know, activation. That's the word I'm looking for, like an activation based game. The more units you have, the better, because it's more getting back to the MSU kind of uh, small, multiple small units for those who don't know, Um, because I was able to go out and like he literally had a unit in a tank and another 10 men squad, and that was it. So that was his entire combat patrol. Whereas I had a little three person unit that could do this and a little five girl unit that can do that. And a little, you know, 10 girl squad that can do this and a rhino that can go do that. Like I had so many units that I was just able to grab all of the objectives. So I could definitely see there being a balance issue with those combat patrols. Um, They weren't necessarily built with this game mode in mind. So I'm sure as 10th edition releases more combat patrols uh, to update from 9th to 10th, they'll start balancing those out. But um I did have the uh the game uh man the game store manager come up to me. And he's like, Do you ever play the game? I'm like, Well of course I play the game. He's like, cause he sees that I have been coaching. Cause how it works is the last I don't know, month and a half. It's been I coach a game for this person, I coach a game for this person, those two people are playing each other, I'll kind of coach that game. Oh, I can actually squeeze in a game. And you
2: should uh should mention to him, you know, if you want to put that GW demo budget to use, you know.
1: Hmm. Maybe I should ask that question. Well, because the interesting part is because where we where we have been having the I keep calling them the kids because they're much, much younger than I am, um, but they're still adults um, yeah. where, where we've had the kids playing has been on the table that's at the front, which is their demo table. Yeah. So quite literally, that's how these two folks came into the game is because they walked in the door and saw a demo of me teaching someone else how to play the game, and now I'm teaching them how to play the game. So my my point being, it's an investment as far as I'm concerned. Yes. I'm not getting as much time to play actual 40 K where I'm playing in someone who actually knows how to play the game and you know, whether I win or lose actually kind of matters as opposed to here's a new person that doesn't know how to play the game. So I'm kind of trying to toss the game.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but three to six months from now, these guys are going to be on their own. We'll be kicking them out of the nest. They'll be making their own list and they'll be adding their own models. And like, then we can start like pushing them out the door. I'm just making an investment in time that these three to six months to kind of train them is going to lead to years of having other people to play at the store, which is fantastic. Yeah. And then I'm sure I've done a whole bunch of other stuff, like, uh, but I can't remember all of it. It's been <laughs> it's been a lot of 40K. It's either I'm either playing 40K, Game art or or Sitting in the living room, painting. Uh, at the same time, he's uh, he's kind of branching off. He's feeling bad about his uh, his his poor Death Guard aren't. Um, Games Workshop has kind of highlighted the the armies that are doing really really well and ones are doing really really badly in tenth edition. And Death Guard are right there at the bottom of the list. So it, he's felt that and he's felt kind of frustrated by it. So what he has been doing, he's been supplementing with demons because their chaos so they can take demons as part of it and slowly but surely it was i'm going to add demons to death guard because it kind of helps fill in some of the gaps of and then it's just become i'm just going to play demons now (laughs) because he's bought so much demons and starting to put them together that now he's got a sufficient amount that he can actually fill a full demons list
2: Uh, being able to uh control objectives when you walk away from them is nice and nurgle demons can do that so sure
1: can and those beasts of nurgle are freaking hysterical Oh my god, the first time be someone... It'd be sh-
2: a real shame if you only did six wounds to this model.
1: <laughs> and it's happened so many times. And again, he and I, if we want to play, we can play here. But I've actually seen it happen to the store so many times. They're like, they're, they're trying to get the last wound off and they can't. And then, boop, next phase, all the way back to full. Beasts of terror are oh. hysterical.
2: One of my opponents went to uh, uh, tank shock me or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. so, like, okay, so what does that do? A D6 mortal wounds or something? All right, okay. Cool.
1: Woo! <laughs> All the way back. Hey, to
2: do you want your command point back until we've not done that? Yes, please. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, it w- Long story short, I'm having a good time. I'm I, like I said, it's mostly been hobby focused and it's mostly been coaching focused. I do actually get a real game um this upcoming Tuesday. Uh, Chad's getting a rematch with uh, Angron and the Sisters. I'll see how they do. <laughs> um, sisters are also considered to be on the lower end, but when I don't necessarily consider all oh, this army is. We don't have first of all, we have no Eldari players in the store, which are don't take this the wrong way, Chris. Vastly broken in, in the game right now. Like they are severely on the top end. We are having
2: to roll dice is good. Who who could have foreseen it?
1: Yeah, yeah. But so my point being is the the group of folks that I'm playing with aren't super competitive. They're either a whole bunch of new players who barely know how to play the game, or people that have been playing for as long as I can remember, it's all just fun games. So the fact that I'm playing an quote unquote underpowered army doesn't necessarily bother me so much. I'm enjoying putting what I'm putting on the table. Um, It's always more exciting for me to be able to put new freshly painted models down and it's neat to be able to see it all come together. And my hope is in a couple of weeks, uh, everything will be painted. Every time I go down, everything will be painted. Now I just got to find a way to transport the exorcist because it's too damn big um I what I am gonna have to do is I think I'm, I'm I've been kind of avoiding doing this the the um, crusade the the big case that games workshop does with the the weird little slots of foam um right now I've got it set up so basically my cru uh, castigator sits on the bottom and then I put the next layer on top and then my rhino sets it and that feels super inefficient um but the only way that I can think to make that work is to literally get in there with a pair of scissors and i'm kind of afraid to do that
2: yep that's the way those cases work
1: i know i know but it's, it's permanent though like do you know what i mean like once i do uh, that
2: if only there were other cases on the market and if it, only there was another you know... case you could go on the website I'm like if you were a patron of that website you might even get a discount and stuff it'd be weird Maybe, maybe. Right.
1: we might have to talk about that later So, yeah, that's it. That's that's all I've got for for my recent gaming and stuff. I I do feel bad. I was at the game store. I was doing my coaching game. It ran late. My intent was to set. I still owe the discord a group photo of all the painted sisters. And I I will I swear I will get that the next time at the game store. My hope is to have the emulator in that group photo. But we'll see. So. All right, Chris, I'm going to kick this off to you as the uh, the host for the, the the primary section of the game or yeah, primary section of the game primary section of the show by all means
2: yeah so i figured it could be interesting to talk about um as ed said right at the start looking at the uh the system versus the setting and what kind of hooks you in what you look for when you're kind of um thinking about what to play and i i've like to me anyway this applies from everything to like board games all the way through to like RPGs, every obvious one. Um, but something like miniatures games, uh, in our group chat, we we're talking about like X-Wing versus Attack Wing, whether it be Star Trek Attack Wing or even uh, d d Attack Wing. Yeah, it's the d and version was the other yeah, one I
1: was thinking about.
2: Yeah, it's all the flight path system where you're using the templates. You've got um, proprietary dice. Yeah, you know, It's basically the same game. Uh, there's only so many ways of starting those things up. You move your thing along the template and then you roll a dice if it's in ARC kind of thing. And like, I feel it's a safe bet to say that X-Wing won that. It can only have uh, won it because of the setting of the game.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I think generally feel like WizKids grossly um, mismanaged that game because there was a time. There was a time in Attack Wing's history, in the early parts of the history, where it was in the competing space a little. It was starting to make its own little niche. And then I guess they released a whole bunch of ships that if you won a tournament, you got that particular ship. And those ships that they did were completely broken. The one thing that Attack Wing did that I thought was unique from the flight. So the flight path system in and of itself, the hide-a-dial going around a flight path, rolling attack dice, rolling defense dice. The game's exactly the same for them. I think they went out to larger range, though. I think like
2: they went out to range they had, four. They had bank four banks and stuff, yeah.
1: Right, exactly. So, But for all, all intents and purposes, it's the exact same game. The one thing that I always thought that Attack Wing got right that I really wish that Star Wars would have, uh, the X-Wing would have uh, attempted to adopt, was that you bought a chassis for the ship that had all the base abilities and then whatever pilot, whatever captain and crew that you put on the Enterprise. So so you mean like having
2: a chassis ability and then a pilot ability being separate?
1: Yeah, which they kind of eventually, it pseudo sort of did that. Okay, just checking. Yeah, they pseudo did that. I agree. But that was the one thing that I always thought was unique about Attack Wing. Um, I did try that game. I did try to get into it, but by the time I touched that game, it was in its broken state and it, I had no interest in playing a broken game. It's the reason why I went to X-Wing in the first place was to get away from a broken game. But
0: that does well, beg the question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I do think the attack wing system did okay with the D and D side, you know, because and the dragons, it, it, well, dragons and all the small figures and everything, you know, because it wasn't oh, yeah, just, they added
1: ground units to the game, which is something that yeah, we did not have.
0: Right. Now, it was interesting you know i played attack wing for uh maybe about four or five months got a lot of stuff too and but it it had similar issues with attack wing or D D, not in like the pilot stuff and ship stuff but in just i don't know it was just a weird game you know to play
1: it's just a weird game
0: yeah, it, it really was. You know, the reason why I liked it wasn't really for the attack wing. It was for the D&D because the best part about what WizKids kids did that was smart is they reused all their models from their other IPs. So, like, all of the Star Trek attack wing came out of their, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, uh, what's the dice game that they had?
2: Dice masters.
0: Dice master, not dice masters. Um, sorry, not that. Hero clicks. Oh, dice. oh, right. Heroclix. Okay, so, re-
2: so I'm just gonna jump in, Sean, just because I'm an horrible person and I want to see if I can uh, disprove Ed's statement. So I'm gonna use data <laughs> from 2019 because I feel like pre-pandemic yeah, numbers are what good. are what would count. So in the entirety of 2019 century box sold 82 items of attack wing for a total of 1881 dollars and let's find uh, for x-wing we sold 1029 items for a total of thirty-four thousand sure, dollars
1: so sure. so, uh, so is my localized. statement of
2: i think it's safe to say that x-wing won
1: oh yeah no, no no and i and i agreed with that statement um i will however say that anecdote you know doesn't equal data like there's there, there's other stores around the country i'm sure that may be able to say something different but my point being um at least it, it, it was one of those things that was it, it had a shot of becoming a, a good popular game it fell flat on its face i'm not disagreeing with that statement at
0: all i mean i i think though what hurt attack wing and both of them was x-wing Because it was so much more popular, I knew people that played both, and at the end of the day, they shelved Attack Wing and took on X Wing. Yeah,
1: because it was just easy. It was a vastly more popular game, but was that because?
0: Well, well, there was there was one other thing too, is that X Wing had a thousand time better competitive market than Attack Wing did. Attack Wing was kind of designed, kind of like X Wing is today, for the small events. It wasn't designed for big events. That's why they had the three ships, you know, that they would give away. And the season one was whoever won the season got the big, what was it? The Borg cube in the one Borg of them. Cube. and the deep, the deep Space Nine was the other one. Yep. That, that they did. You know, I just think that the Star Wars X-Wing was just, A, a better game. And B, it was for use of the attack wing system or whatever you call it, the play Pass system. It was a better use of that system.
2: So right. th- oh, this is an, an anecdote for you, Ed. The store made more money from in 2019 for the Guardians of Republic Squadron pack than it did from every SKU <laughs> that it had on the shelf for Attack Wing.
1: <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm oh, not. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, I do have a but that question, one just, is
2: anecdotal, just, state.
1: Does
0: mm. the store does does the center box still have Attack Wing on the shelves?
2: Um, we probably have something in stock because, um, it it should be zero, zero special order only because that's what I asked it to be, but it doesn't mean that we don't.
1: Does WizKids uh, even still support that game?
2: Uh, so we have D&D Attack Wing, uh, the Harpy expansion, there's the template sets still on clearance that we haven't managed to get rid of yet. The base pegs are still in. Gotcha. We have, um, a maneuver template set for Star Trek Attack Wing. Uh, we, yeah, so. So
0: well, basically, probably 2019 was you clearancing out Attack Wing.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can pull from earlier, um, see if I if we can find the best year for it. But I mean,
0: probably that would probably be 15 to 17. I would guess.
2: Okay. So that means I'd have to go with X-wing first edition sales for comparison. But I mean, it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, you know that that's going to be yeah apples and oranges.
2: Okay, so I'm um, in fact, what I'll do, I'll leave it as only second edition X-wing, and we'll do 2015 through to 2019 and see it, because I think that second edition X-wing might still have outsold Attack Wing, even though it didn't exist for large portions of that.
1: Well, I'll be t- if you look at the Wikipedia page, it's still supported by Wizkid yeah. Games. Yeah, and stuff they, comes out. They just reprinted Wave Thirty-One, mm-hmm. which is getting into the Dominion War stuff because you can get they the they
2: combine stuff into fleet boxes and stuff, which is a good idea yeah. for them. Yep. So I have the numbers for you now. So starting on the first of January, twenty fifteen, which is three years before Second Edition existed. Um, we sold 1400 items for thirty one thousand dollars compared to um what do we get here still going no it's not looking good for a tight wing
1: again i'm not i'm not arguing the fact that um, clearly if
2: we do those dates x-wing second edition so not including the three years that it didn't exist for second edition this is purely second edition numbers um 1700. Items for sixty four thousand dollars.
1: you you have me sold. I I believe you you.
0: So one thing I want to say too about that is, I think the IPs have different fan like fandoms, fan followings. Where I, and this is just an opinion, but I think the X Wing following a lot of that came from the Warhammer type. You know, and and they wanted a fast game, and they got a fast game, but you didn't have the fandom behind star trek
2: i think there's an argument sean that second edition x-wing draws a lot of magic players in because do you, you not hit so? a bunch of the um less popular releases for magic around about that time
0: i don't know i i literally have no connection to magic other than magic arena i i know nothing about magic
2: so then, I know Rav return or whatever Ravnica set yeah, was, was relatively popular, but was it yeah, not was like
0: was a
1: great set?
2: Was it yeah. not some uh, my uh artifact kind of setting or something that came after that which was just terrible and no one liked?
0: Well, I th- but, I think they they changed they did change how they did like for a little while there they changed how that's released and things like that, you know because magic from what i remember up to 2019 2020 somewhere in there released with a core set you know that would be your m20 whatever year it is and that's just your baseline cards and then you would have the blocks it was the block rotations and at some point i think they changed that to where it wasn't like a block rotation anymore
1: yeah they got it. they moved out of that
0: yeah and, and i mean i'm i may be totally wrong on this but i just from what I remember hearing is the way that the game went is that its popularity went down because standard wasn't as robust and because they hear were holding
1: I... for modern and they were doing for commander. and yeah. sta- it was all they were introducing cards. Oh, they were introducing cards that. into standard that didn't belong in standard.
0: Yeah, and and that is true. You know, they've done a lot of special sets. They've done a lot of weird things with Magic that just. If I were still playing Magic, it would probably turn me off to anything but modern.
1: Right, and then modern is such an expensive game to get into. It's, yeah. I, 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 it's the one frustrating thing. For me. it's one of the reasons why I've stopped playing recently too. Is that it? The version of the game that I want to play is I want to play like the whole reason why standard even existed was supposed to be for the people who are just getting kind of getting into the game.
0: Well, that was the FNM. That was the right, FNF.
1: exactly. That was like if you went into a store on a regular day. This would be the version of magic that we'd be playing. Like, sure, you can go to modern if you want. You can go to vintage if you even really want to completely break your wallet. Um, You can do Commander. You can do those other versions of the game, but standard was the game of magic. And then it stopped being that. And then standards, yeah.
0: I uh, I, I think for if you talk about system to setting, both of them, like magic is the one game where I could say both held true for me. You know, and the only other game I would ever say that both held true for me was D&D first edition. You know, where the system and the setting were big draws for me because I really enjoyed the first edition system and the volume of information you had for setting. You know, so that's
1: exactly where I was going to go for an example of a system tied to a setting kind of like sold it for me because have you ever played any other game in the d20 system that wasn't dungeons and dragons oh yeah
0: yeah i've played i i've i i can't oh uh dang it. now that you asked me that i'm blanking but yes i have i've played the only one.
1: other one that i can think of is whenever wizards for a brief period of time i think it was like five years had the star wars license and you oh, had the d20
0: that a d6 system or d20 no that was
1: the west end games one and that was another example i was going to give of a setting selling a system for me and not and vice versa but like for a brief period of like i said i think it was five years five years that wizards of the coast had the star wars license and they released um their version of star wars under the d20 system and i remember trying it and it felt wrong Like it was still D20. It was still like all the same things that I was used to. This modifies, this dice rolls. These are what proficiencies do. But now you have the force instead of magic and spells. And the mechanic was a little bit weird. Um, But it definitely felt bizarre to me. Like, Like almost as if Dungeons and Dragons was specifically tied to that D20 system. And anything else in it felt
2: off.
0: So, so that goes to what Fantasy Flight did with me, and I actually, once again, it's that might be the closest thing to the third where system and setting worked for me, um, you know. But for me in that, I like the system almost better than the setting because failure on dice rolls didn't mean failure, you know, because you're telling a narrative story while you're playing that game. So you roll your dice. And you have your, you know, your successes and your your failures. You're not rolling D20s per se, you know, as you would. It's a special dice set, you know, and there's, you know, there's good dice and the DM is bad dice. And, you know, it it allows you to do a lot to tell the story, to be narrative in your story. You know, If, if you rolled more failures than successes and you're trying to shoot, you know, Uh, Han Solo from down the corridor, you know, in the Death Star, you know, while while Han and Chewie, you know, stop, uh, you know, when they run into the stormtroopers, you know, the stormtrooper failure could be, you know, well, he didn't shoot Han, but he shot Han's gun. Right. You know, and it it felt better to me when, you know, the bad thing, the only thing, negative thing, like the thing I really don't like about 5th edition is it seems like... It's either it, it's either win or lose. There is no in between in in D and D fifth edition. You know when you're in a combat, you're either overpowering the crap out of them or you're not. You know, and there is no like ebb and flow in battles, things like that. And I just like games where you know it gives the DM some uh, how do you want to put it? it gives them some leeway. You know to make it fun for the care for the players and you know, I don't think 5th edition does that enough. Now, I know you could do it and play it that way, but I just don't think it does. Um, system to setting, what's a good one? Um, trying to think
1: I, I have a good example from my past I'd love to pull up, which was an example of I loved the system and that all the other RPGs around it flowed very well for me playing them. And that was... And again, I've not touched these games in a really long time, so I don't know what the more modern versions of them are. So do forgive me for those who are fans of it. But I was, when I wanted a palette cleansing role-playing game that wasn't Dungeons and Dragons, we went over to the White Wolf system. And that was, I know know they've kind of pulled it all under one umbrella for the world of darkness now. But like you had your Vampire the Masquerade or Vampire the Dark Ages, which was my favorite version of the game, by the way. Um, But they also had Hunter the Reckoning. They had Werewolf. I think they had mage. It, it, it was it was oh uh, wait what was it was noun the verb it was the 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 adage for the White Wolf games because they all did the exact same naming convention: Vampire the Reckoning, Hunter the Reckoning, or Vampire the Masquerade, Vampire the Dark Ages, Hunter the Reckoning, Werewolf the Apocalypse, like all of those kinds of games. But it was their version of that d10 system that they used that I found fascinating. It was a really cool system, and it was it flowed like water going into all right we're going to play vampire and then you're going to play hunter the reckoning and though because it all flowed exactly the same the setting around it almost didn't matter not to mention the fact that white, white wolf did a really really good job with all of these RPGs are connected in a greater M, you know MCU style you know connected universe it didn't feel off whenever you went from playing a game of Um, vampire than when you went into hunter the reckoning it was the system that kind of traveled the whole way through it and it felt the same the whole way through that i thought that they did a really good job with at least back in the late 90s early 2000s uh versions of those games again having not touched those systems recently i don't know what they're like now um but that for me was an example of the exact opposite where the system i I thought was fantastic and you can almost build anything around it
0: yeah that that kind of is the story adventure books for me You know, where the system was so good, the choose-your-own-adventure, you know, where you go to read to, like, page 20, that's the baseline of the story, and then you start picking all of them up (laughs) there. And you could do it with anything, you know. It didn't really matter what the storyline was or what the setting was. Now, D&D did, you know, you had them for... D and i think they still make them today too if i'm not they sure mistaken. do
1: they 100 so whatever um so my kids re- I, i've got a good k- chunk of the old old ones um that tsr published out and then wizards started re releasing those i think in 2021 like early 2021 so that was that was a whole bunch of the um what are we going to do during covid we're kind of locked down Oh, yeah. um, so for Christmas that year, I think we got the first eight books of those. And those are fantastic. I I had a lot of good fun with those when I was a kid and so did my kids. Those things have, those have been very well read in this house.
0: Yep.
1: It's the same yeah. premise. It's the same idea. It's You're reading the story and like, ooh, do I... Do I go down this way and down to the left? And, oh, no, I've attacked. I got attacked by orcs. Or do I go right down this path? And, oh, that's, this is where the, the exit. There was they were so much fun. It was, it was like playing D&D by yourself. It was great.
0: Right. So here's one. Um. It's the uh, it's it's the system fantasy flight used for Battlestar Galactica in the new game that they just did. That's Unfathomable. basically. Yeah, it's the traitor. Unfathomable. The 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 traitor you know where you have the cylons were depending upon how many players you had you had you know the cylons you had a late review uh you had a cylon it's, and it's then a, a hidden
2: roll style of game isn't it um, I, I yeah think I... Werewolves of miller's hollow was one of the one of the early yeah. ones of that style
0: yeah and i i really think that's a cool mechanic you know and, and that goes into I, I don't know the names of the games I've played them but I haven't played them very much but it's the um, the hell is it it's um mm-hmm. secret Hitler's kind of like that uh, yeah. like that werewolf style it's
2: um, uh, there was a good thing game or the thing um uh, I forgot what the outpost is but um that was a good one as well it plays with less players than you normally require for those style of games right. Oh,
1: but, I've got to go get that. I didn't realize that was a game up there. I'm going to have to go find that somewhere.
2: Uh, you'll be lucky now. I think it was a one-and-done print run. Probably. Oh I had it for God. a little while, but I think I've already sold my copy.
1: Oh I'll well, move back and find yeah,
2: it somewhere. It sat on the shelf unplayed for too long, so it had to go. I was yeah, the okay. room.
1: I get it. I get it. Well, all you know, right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sean.
0: Well, I was just going to say, the another mechanic to... Uh, The system to setting is the Dominion style, the deck builders, you know. And there's so many of them out there that it's interesting to me because you have the, what is it, like, there's an alien one, there's the Predator one.
1: have that on the shelf right over there.
0: Yeah, you know, there's the Dominion, there's all those, and they kind of had different similar models, but very similar mechanics, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, I think those are interesting depending upon the subject matter for me, and of course how they're built. Um, you well, in those few of them that have for me, going for
1: on. me those instances it doesn't um, the the setting is almost inconsequential to it because it's the <laughs> system that does well. So like if it's a setting like I don't know if they did like a an, I, please for the love of God nerds don't shoot me for using this example, if they had a Doctor Who one. I'm not exactly a gigantic Doctor Who fan. I'm sorry. I know it's a strike on my nerd card. I apologize. But I wouldn't pick up a game like that because I'm not interested in Doctor Who. But I obviously picked up the alien one. It's the same mechanics and the mechanics worked well. It's just the setting itself doesn't sell it for me.
0: And and that's that's what I'm saying is that there's a lot of them out there um, that they have to they have to the subject has to in you know entice me for me to play it like i wouldn't really want to play the alien one i'm not a big fan of the aliens you know aliens yeah
1: you're breaking my heart Sean. i okay. know you know it's but a, it's okay
0: it's interesting though because i think the story is an interesting story for alien and that's something we could talk about another day mm-hmm. but for the the games and stuff because i don't know it enough i like you're not enthusiastic about it you know sure Um, you know I'm trying to think of just other
1: well I've got I've got a couple that I've been holding in the chamber here for a little bit I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are what about the generic role-playing games that are out there so like GURPS is probably the first one that comes off the top of my head Um, the um, Palladium book series is probably another one
0: was one of them what was that? Rolemaster
1: Rolemaster was the third I was going to pull up and then like Hero Systems off the top of my head um, were the four, and Again, there's multiple publishers for all these kind of things. I'm sure there's a dozen more out there that are pro- that someone's screaming at their earbuds right now that Ed forgot. Um, but those ones there, all you were buying was the system. Because the yeah. whole premise behind it was, well, you can make it whatever you want it to be. Did they do little helper books out there? Oh, if you want to specifically target this towards fantasy, here's GURPS fantasy. Oh, do you want to target this directly towards space? Here's Star Hero from the, the Hero Systems book. But at its core, it was the game system that you were buying when you bought those books. It was not necessarily a setting that went along with it. And I know plenty of people that absolutely swear by GURPS, swear by it, say that's the best version of any role playing game that they've ever played.
0: Anytime I've ever played outside of like a TSR style system or, you know, uh, the fantasy flight systems. I've always had bad experiences with it because the stories the stories that are being created don't make sense. You know, the way that I look at like okay, so so the DM made things that either had nonsensical things in it, you know, or really just had no there was there's no like consequence or there was no finality to it. You know, when you when you play D D or you play a role-playing game, you kind of view it like like a project manager if you're building out. Yeah. Because, because you have a linear path, right? You have True. the goal path that you want, you know, you want your players to follow with a start. So you have a start, you have, you know, you have your your storyline that goes that has either a critical point, you know, so so you're following, you hit a critical point. Because that's where you're getting your mission to go, you know, to what you're going to be doing. And then you're following a path again that has all these action points to it, whether it be puzzles, whether it be battles, whether it be any of that. And all of that then lines up to the finale, to the end of the project, you know, because you want to start, you want to get all your gear, you want to get your, or get your mission, get your gear, get your gold, you know, fight your battles, do your puzzles, find your spells, whatever. And all of that leads up to the final act, which is the fight against the big boss. You know, not everything does that, you know, but that's kind of the way the linear path is in role-playing games. And I've played a lot of role-playing games with people. I hate the GURP system myself. Um, and it's just, it's just, it just does not fancy the way that I'm built, you know?
1: I, I'm glad you said it. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad, like I said, I know there are some people that swear by the oh. system. I didn't care for it either.
0: But for me, it's because really I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's a bad system. I'm just but saying... It's one of the every... good
2: things about RPGs. I think it's a really easy one to talk about and for right. this topic, because like I own probably like twenty different RPG systems, which I'll never play them all. It's not really the point of it. The only <laughs> oh boy, is that the truth? Like, the only yeah. system agnostic kind of one that I so it's setting agnostic one that I own would be the Genesis one by um, by FFG. Yeah. Uh, now, now by Edge Studios, obviously. Um, and that was kind of... Because they had all of the Star Wars uh, content, they had all of the uh, L5R stuff. Right. Um, it kind of fit... The system's basically the same. You can pad it out to be anything you want it to be in that regard. Right. But I probably... I mean if I run it, it will be in a professional capacity, not because I expect people to come beating down my door to want to play that system. Right. Whereas in I've bought stuff like the Infinity role playing game, with Blade Runner, Alien, uh, Anima. Um mm-hmm. like I've got like an anime manga style um setting which uses five E rules. <laughs> um like <laughs> called the
1: a 5e uh pro wrestling one i don't know what the. I, someone told me about this the other day and i'm like i've got to find that game that sounds like oodles of fun well
2: but without treading into you know hot topic issues um 5e is basically a generic system now
1: agreed yeah. agreed
2: like the number of th- settings that are released 5e compatible Like You can play, you don't have to play Call of Cthulhu anymore, you can play Lovecraftian Horror with 5e setting. Whether it'll recreate it in the way you want it to, compared to playing Call of Cthulhu is a different argument, but uh, if you like that system, which I don't even necessarily think that for something like 5e's system, um, I don't know that it's necessarily that people would like it. It's like saying, do you like the 40k system? Well it's archaic, it's an old-fashioned system of roll-to-hit, roll-to-wound, roll-to-save, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But that's what you, the vast majority of people playing RPGs grew up on 5e. It's the most popular RPG system to have ever existed. Right. So, basing your setting in that system is a solid financial move. Right. Sure. I, it's it's
0: it's a great it, it's I I really think it's like what do you want to call it uh you know it's it's the gateway drug now to role playing oh, yeah of course
1: it, yeah, I, I I totally I forgot it I mean this it's thing. the
2: Games Workshop of uh, yes. of RPGs yeah sorry Ed yeah. Um,
1: that's okay I totally forgot about this example but like I was such a gigantic fan of the three zero and 30, uh, 3.5 system of Dungeons and Dragons that whenever they switched over to four and I didn't like the system. I followed the system over to Paizo to play Pathfinder because mm-hmm. I liked that system better. I had totally forgotten about it until he was uh, he was talking about that, but it was right. It was, I followed the system and it still felt like D&D. That's one example of, okay, yeah, granted, this was a fantasy role-playing game that wasn't Dungeons & Dragons, but it still felt like Dungeons & Dragons because the system was there with it.
2: Right. Uh- and like, The logical conclusion to that for Ed would be that for 40k you did the opposite. It doesn't matter that you prefer ninth edition to what 10th currently is. You'll play 10th because that's what 40k is now.
1: That's what 40k right. is right now. But if you were to take that system and, I don't know, move it over to um, Napoleonic Wars, or if you, you were could, to take you the same system, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. it.
0: The reason why you couldn't do it though is different than what you probably think. It's because in Napoleonic systems, your battle groups, 50 to 100 to 200 to 300 little models, which you would have a heart, you know, unless you're playing, you know, skinks or something like that, where and all Bureau you're Guard, doing is, yeah, you know. 50
1: man squads, of conscripts, six of them, 300 models, go.
0: I've go. seen people yeah. do that. <laughs> but, you know, the Napoleonic era didn't have armor. They didn't have all of the things that, like, you have in the sure.
1: 40 right. Maybe the right way to have said that would have been generic space
2: system. Well, it's not even that. It's like, if you'd have preferred ninth edition to such an extent that you carried on just playing ninth edition. Right.
0: And that's, that's you know, the, my question e- the easiest is,
2: extrapolation from yeah, system to setting for It's just 40K. like with
0: me. It's just like with me. I'd rather play 1st edition D&D than 5th. You know, because, A, I'm stuck in, you know, in the... 80s and 90s when it comes to my role-playing. I just think it's more fun. You know, there's more creativity, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. More creativity in the world back then than there is today. You know, everybody... The thing I don't like about D&D is the fact that you're literally leveling session to session. Currently
1: in 5e, yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Because the consequence of a game to keep people interested today is that they have to progress in some way where in first, in my opinion, in first edition D and D, why this system was so good because it was designed to reward, reward by finding thing. You got a better weapon or you got better spells, you know, that you didn't just stand there and watch somebody else do. You had to go and find them. You know, you quested basically for those. I'll
2: remind you again that that's homebrew. I
0: get it, but still, hey, I don't yeah. No, I actually have uh, at the game shop, somebody was using that, and I don't know if they like listened to what we were doing or
2: what. Oh, it's it's a relatively common thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a mechanic that, anyway, you know, to get back on it, it's just. Well, to hey, me, if you, it's to, to it's reminisce a little,
1: one of the mechanics I liked about first edition that they didn't carry over. Um, was I was like... it
2: that you you spent gold to level up? Is that your favorite part of uh, submission? No, no. Oh, I think that because Sean, Sean's point was obviously that it just arbitrary progression in the current five E is terrible. But just having gold to spend to be better is fine.
1: What I was well, no, what I was going to say is I thought <laughs> I thought it was more flavorful that based on your class you leveled up at a different rate. Yes. That rogues leveled up faster than wizards.
0: They were were the fastest. They were the fastest. Wizards were the slowest and everybody else. Which is why I
1: went from top to bottom on that for that example.
0: Yeah.
1: Because a level five wizard was, had the exact same experience points as like a level 10 rogue, but they were arguably the same power level because he could cast all the powerful spells at that level.
0: I will say the one role-playing system that I despise, like literally despise, is the fate system with the fate dice. And I so, don't know if you're... The plus or minus dice.
1: The plus... For, no, I've never played... A, I don't think I've ever played a game that I, had that... Well, it's
2: not more of a storytelling system, though, where yeah. you basically... You can do whatever you... I, I may be way off here, but I believe no, you're, you're the way correct. it works is that you can literally do anything you can describe your character doing... You yep. roll a fake dice, and then depending on how many pluses and minuses you get, you get to like right, this many good things and that many bad yeah. things after happening. In, in in oh,
1: interesting! Yeah. No, I've never played a system like. The only thing I could think of was even remotely close was the uh, the d6 Star Wars systems by West End Games. Is you had the option of rolling a four die, so like theirs was it was however many pips you had in a particular skill, That's how many dice you rolled the higher you roll, the better, it's super easy. What you could do is they had an exploding die if you rolled a force die. So if it rolled a six, you could pick it up and roll it again and continue to add that too. So there were situations where, and I have seen happen where someone rolls a six on their force die and then picks it up and rolls another six. And then all of a sudden, like something amazing and fantastic will happen. That's where I thought you were going. No, I don't think I remember uh, ever playing a system like that. He he
0: He was on Tatooine on the toilet, reading the Tatooine Times And he blew up the Death Star, you
1: know. No, no, that was a situation of introducing my characters to the, because you do the whole thing with with at least proper storytelling. You introduce the bad guy in the early part of the story and they become a nemesis throughout the course of the story. um, And then building up to a final ending point and end fight. And then Chad going completely berserk on his force dice and basically forcing me to, like, basically killing one of my sub-bosses in a very early part of the game going, well, shit, that just happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Friendships have been lost over less in role playing <laughs> games.
1: It's, a, it's that old, it's an old fate of like, I spent hours and hours writing out this story and writing out this dungeon. And then you just killed it with one dice roll. And like, how the hell did that happen? That ruins the day. <laughs> what that says is that's bad, um, bad planning on my part is what that means. It means I didn't account why, for that.
2: Why does it have to be a negative?
1: Well, I mean, we've it rolled really with it. it. It
2: doesn't.
1: It didn't. I probably... mean, but the story so, I had in mind like... was
2: so good. And it Remember, just... it's not, it's not your story.
1: And that's the point. You are right. And I ended up rolling with it and we did finish that campaign. Um That was again, D6 Star Wars, but because I had just picked up the, um the tales of the Jedi book. Um, the old canon that aren't, but it was, it was, you know, 3000 years before battle of Yavin, like whenever Jedi and Sith were, it was during the Jedi Sith war. And that was a cool setting to play in. And two sessions in, he kills one of my sub bosses. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that happened. So I had to change the story, but I had a really good story and a plot for her and she's dead.
0: (laughs) So another, another game that I liked system. Because it was really easy. Very, very simple mechanical system. But system to setting is Axis and Allies.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that.
0: For a board game. Axis and Allies, really good. You know, you pay X amount for infantry, tanks, you know, fighters, bombers, uh, submarines, uh, transports, battleships, and aircraft carriers. You know, so pretty simplistic World War Two style game that was okay at, you know, mimicking what World War Two is like. You know, beer and pretzels. Mm-hmm. Just, just a lot of beer and a lot of pretzels, you know. Um, I really like that, you know, that system. Simple, easy. Um, you use little, you know, the little small disc poker chips to represent troops. You still had minis in there too, but, or the plastic figures, but... Um, I've got a I've,
1: I've got a, a a most recent printing of it sitting over there. They're all minis now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have that. It have, looks
1: it's so good. Yeah. If, I, if I really if I really want to punish myself someday, I should sit down and paint those.
0: Although oh, they're, they're so small. Yeah. yeah
1: it, it was like the folks that painted their fighters in Armada. I always had a huge amount of respect for those guys.
0: Yeah, I think a Rebellion did a pretty good job. Um, you know, system to, uh, you know. To star wars you know it's the, the game rebellion that fantasy flight did yeah i thought it was pretty good
1: um, i it was a big uh, admittedly i am a hundred percent admitting bias here but i did like the system that free league has for the alien rpg
2: Oh, you um, mean where you roll d6 but then if you want to you can roll your force sorry your stress dice Weird, so, weird. But, that that system. that's the same as the other system. You like? You like that one? Weird.
1: Well, keeping in mind they packed on stress dice for that. But yes, yes. I kind of now, admittedly, do I? I'm biased because a, I'm a gigantic fan of the of the, the setting. So obviously that's going to come a lot with it. But I, I, what I liked was how lightweight it was because it definitely put more in focus with the story and it almost made the dice rolls kind of like an afterthought. That's the one thing that I like. This if is that,
2: something that I, I disagree with Greg about because Greg's point was like, well, why don't you just play aliens in traveler?
1: Correct. He has made that argument.
2: And I think that the system actually does a really good job of selling you the style of game. It wants to be where it's not designed to be a campaign. It's supposed to be a, a contained story where people are going to die and mm-hmm. it build it ratches it up that stress and that tension and i think the system and the stress dice lean into that really well so
1: i 100% agree and just complete side note i found alien rpg players completely in the wild at the game store the other night so that, not that I was trying to invite myself into a Colonial Marines campaign, but I may have just been kind of been one of the looky loos over the shoulder, going, "Oh, you guys are playing the Alien RPG, I see." <laughs>
2: can I play? Can I
1: play? please? you have no, idea. I have all the stuff, and I can't find anyone that wants to play.
2: I promise I, got... I don't bleed milky blood, <laughs> <laughs>
1: or I do. Whichever one you prefer, I can shift. It works.
0: At least not yet. Not
1: yet. Not yet.
0: Trying to, so I'm looking one that so as a game that I'm trying to find it. Uh,
1: I'm literally cheating and looking or, at my RPG shelf over here. By the way,
0: terraforming so Mars is terraforming Mars is another good one where they you know the system to setting is good. That's a good
2: one. The so what I think board games are like a good area to kind of wrap up the topic in general because I, I for yeah. me I know definitely. If I'm using my my money to buy something and I want to get a new board game, I can't help but be drawn by. I'm definitely setting first. Yep.
1: Oh God, Uh, yes.
2: Yeah. uh, One of our favorite games at the moment would be like uh, Gutenberg. Uh, It's a really good board game and uh, by Portal Games, but they actually the only reason I own it is because they sent me a copy to review. Oh, really? There's okay. no way I would have gone and bought Gutenberg had I seen it on the shelf. Like, oh, well, I want to run a 16th century printing press. or so sign me up. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. A, re- a really good fun game. But the setting just wouldn't have drawn me in. But having played it, the setting really fits the game and the mechanics, and it it has a little bit of everything of a the different styles of, you know, area control, worker placement, all of those different things. It kind of does. It has a little auctioning system. Uh, it ha- it ticks a lot of boxes for like Euro style gameplay. But th- I generally trend towards more the American style game. Like I recently picked up a used copy of the Horus Heresy board game. Ooh. Like, oh, will I box. ever play it? The big yeah, box. But-
0: I have, yeah, I I have it sitting up on my shelf that never. Yeah, and that's moved, where it will stay, Sean. It's opened, never touched. Yeah, yet, that's know.
2: where it will stay, and that's where it will stay for me too. Because no one's gonna play a twelve-hour two-player board game. Come on, let's get real.
1: Well, that yeah. reminds me of like the, the well, tales I've heard of like Twilight Imperium, like yeah. <laughs> we, games well. that take like a whole like week to play. <laughs>
0: you have that if you really want to go down that road you have world of warcraft when you add in the expansions because the expansions takes and that game can last just forever it's insane that's
1: that's one of those games i've never tipped my toe i I see it all the time i see it on the shelf at the game store i'm like ooh. I'm going to pick this up and like, look at but I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't have the time for the commitment to play that game. Like, I know I would love, if, if I were 20 years younger and no kids, maybe. It's, I am uh, not at the age it, where it's, I can but get you into book,
2: it. So uh, you're booking a and b or you go to a cabin for a, a, a game weekend kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. what we should but have you, done instead of doing uh Adaptricon or whatever, is that, you know, that's where we all meet up, is we, we yeah. get an Airbnb somewhere and have a, a board game weekend or whatever. Yeah, I still exactly. think
1: that's a good idea.
2: Um, a good good game that I like. A lot of people
0: don't like, but that I know, but I like the system is the Mage Knight system.
1: I never played that.
0: I I find it enjoyable. You know, and then you can play the Mage Knight or you can play the Star Trek version of it, and it, it's pretty cool. Um,
1: one one of the game systems that I liked that. I, and I know it's still out there. I know people are still quote-unquote playing it. I really liked Decipher's version of the Star Wars game. I still have, whenever they Decipher lost the license and they tried to re-release the game, I still have all the stuff from the first two uh, sets I did for that game before they canceled it, because I liked that game so much. But obviously, it didn't have the level of popularity, um, because the Star Wars characters were all gone. Um, the mechanics of the game are exactly the same. It's exactly the same game. It's just generic space universe that isn't Star Wars and it just
0: so, so it's it's the current version of NBA Jam
1: right right exactly I mean mechanically it's still the same but all the flavor all the fluff that's there is is gone
0: yeah yeah I I get that and it's I will say this so so far for everything I've learned about Warhammer 40k 10th edition I actually much like it much better than 9th
1: I can tell you from as a coaching is, is as I'm guiding three people through learning how to play the game, it has been infinitely easier to teach mm-hmm. them how to play the game because when they have these cards in front of them, or even if they have the Warhammer app in front of them, if those that chose not to buy the, the cards, it is infinitely easier for the right. for these kids to look at this. Recognize that if I add this guy to that unit, it adds this. They have them all side by side in front of them. Infinitely easier to teach than it has ever been in any version of the game before. So I will give Games Workshop a load of credit for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'll be honest with you. You know, still being a newbie with it, being able to access the codex, or not the codex, the data slates, Mm -hmm. and the way that they did it this time is just makes it so much better.
1: Yeah, I saw one of the game player, one of the guys at our local game store took his uh, book of cards for the index and took him down to like I don't know, like an Office Max or something and had them spiral bound. And I thought yeah. that was a fantastic idea. Yeah. Because he can literally just flip through, yep, no, it's this and then flip through the but he kept them all like this leader can go with these units. So you have yep. the leader and then all the units that can go with it. And then the leader and all the units so he can literally just flip through. It was such a good idea.
0: Yeah, and you've seen what I'm going to do is I'm doing the Basically the, making the my own, and then I'm laminating them just because it's it's easier. Overall. Because
1: I I for me I got to tell you like having those things just it it kind of reminds me of what it was like to to play X Wing a bit yeah. to be able to just have those cards right along the side and anyone's got a question, boom, here's the card, here's what it does. I don't yeah. have to carry around a big bulky book with or any, or anything like I've just got a handful of cards that I'm taking with me, and that's all I'm. Tr- it's all the traveling with the army. That was it was such a good idea. I hope they keep that going. I hope whenever the codex comes out, they also sell those accompanying cards to go with them. So if you want to buy the codex, you can, but mm-hmm. you can also spend the, the 18, 20 bucks, whatever it is to get the index cards, because that, that has been a fantastic addition to the game. I agree with
0: that. Yeah. Yep. And it makes it easier for people like me who, you know, I I don't memorize everything. I don't, you know, my brain isn't a memorization brain where my son will sit there and spout this guy does this, 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 and this. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's go to the card so I can mm-hmm. see it, read it, you know, and be able to do it. And it's, I, I I, think it was good on their part to put everything out the way that they did to start.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Well, even for me, like, I mean, I've gotten a few games in, not not as many as I, I'd like, but I've gotten definitely, but even for me, like each time... The first couple of games I played, they didn't have the cards out yet. And I was just going off of like the printouts that I had and I wasn't looking at them. So I missed a whole bunch of stuff and played things wrong simply because I didn't have it in front of me. Now that I have the stuff in front of me, I literally just like, oh, I'm picking this up. Reminder. okay, cool. That's what this does. Like it it, it all clicks. It's they did such a good job with launching this
0: off topic question here for a second. But I need the answer to this. Did they shrink the field size?
1: No. Same size as it was. What so it they...
2: depends what size do you think it is. Well, I think it's four by six. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Did shrink the field size then.
1: Yeah, they shrink. They shrink that whenever ninth edition came out. Correct. Because so what
0: size is it now?
1: It is forty-four by sixty. Sixty. Thank you. Okay. Forty-four by sixty. So it used to be way back in the day. For as long as I had played this game, forever, it was on a four foot by six foot table and then they reduce the size. And reducing the size, I feel, was a good addition to the game because it allowed those armies that were really, really good at close combat to get into close combat earlier, and it makes the game faster and exciting. More often than not, I see co- close combat happening on turn one than I have in any other game from you know prior to ninth edition. I think that was a good addition to the game. Okay. But the upside is, is if you've already built a four-foot by six-foot table, it just gives you places to put stuff. Now, like your cards can kind of sit in that little one spot over here, like because we—that's ha- how all the tables at the store were built for older editions of the game. They're all four foot by six foot, but that just gives us a little shelf on the side. Like, oh, here's the units that are sitting in Deep Striker. Here, this is a good place to put my dead pile. They all kind of sit over here.
0: Yeah, or all your data slates are there.
1: Right, exactly. That's where I keep like my dice box and my dice tray. Like, I don't know how everyone else plays the game, but I always keep a dice tray in the middle of the table. So that when I'm rolling my dice, everyone can see every dice roll that I have rolled, what I'm picking up, what they were rolled before I pick them up. So that's where that lives, is over in that little corner over there.
0: Hey Chris, does a Dice Aid have any dice trays in stock? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds uh, like I mean, a yeah, great. I don't, I don't know if on the website yet,
2: but they are in stock. So yeah, <laughs> yeah well, let's wrap up this. And so, I mean, if you had to rate yourself, you know, um, like. Doing the old internet survey, you know, post question survey. A one is you're all about the setting. A five is you're all about the system. Where would you kind of rate yourself? Ooh. And yeah, if you want to, you can break it down like RPG, board game, miniatures game. Um, I'll, I'll
0: I'll start with this. So so RPG is system. Yeah. Over setting. Um. Probably. Probably. It, system is 5 right that's what you said
2: yeah yeah i mean you so, can you can do a percentage I'm, of if it I'm, makes it I'm easier to i'm
0: probably probably 75 25 yeah. system um board Hang games on. board games i'm 50 50 because it just depends you know what the game is uh, you know cuz there be there's games with great mechanics that have horrible settings there's games with horrible mechanics with great settings so i'm kind of 50 50 um Miniatures games, I don't have enough experience with them. Um so I'm gonna say probably setting over system just because my biggest one is X Wing. That was my biggest experience with it. Um and then getting into 40k, I like I really like the setting now that I'm learning a little bit more about it, you know. I'm not as deep into the lore as you guys are, but you know, it's just cool to have space marines. Dudes Mm -hmm. in Sure is 50 suits of armor. Um, so yeah, I think it's more setting setting over system.
1: So for my rating, I would have to give it for the RPG, it's 60-40, because I literally contradicted myself multiple times here, where I talked about two games I can think of at the top of my head that I really, really liked the system, and the setting would almost be inconsequential, like the Alien RPG and the World of Darkness. Really, really liked the systems for those. What settings they were played in wouldn't matter to me um and then con- conversely Pathfinder in or D&D into Pathfinder I follow the system. Oh, so I have to kind of give it a 60/40 on that and it's more leaning towards um system than setting. Um there are some that kind of fit into that. For I'm right there with um Sean on the board game side of it, it's definitely the setting over the system. If I'm picking up a Board game, it's because I want to play in that particular setting. the 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 system that's playing that game is almost inconsequential to me. And then miniatures game, I think I've clearly pointed this out. It is definitely setting because I played Star Wars, the X-wing game, because it was Star Wars. I played 40k because I'm a gigantic nut for the 40k game. Setting, and I will. I have transitioned from fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, ninth. Tenth, I played six different versions of this game and stuck with it because I'm a gigantic fan of the lore. So it's definitely
0: that. I will let me let me say some. I do like fantasy, not not the new fantasy, but the fantasy setting over the 40k setting, just because of the Bretonians.
1: The, oh sure, the, the sure, sure, world.
0: sure. Yeah, the yeah. old the old fantasy.
1: I don't know enough about the old world setting to be able to affect... Don't get me wrong, I did my little dabble into the fantasy because we had fantasy nuts there, but it, it it's always been 40k first and everything else second when it comes to the games workshop with Blood Bowl still kind of floating around there because, I mean, I guess that time, that's kind of in the old world, right? Kind of. I know, I know. All right, Chris, so, what about you?
2: Uh, for me, I think the easier ones would be like RPGs I'm probably, like, 70 30 like system uh setting over system it'll be i'll pick the stuff i buy but then i'll play the ones that feel solid and like uh, if i didn't enjoy something i wouldn't go back to it um buying board games i'm pretty much like a hundred percent setting
1: yeah the that makes problem sense.
2: I'm going to add a caveat to my own because I get to do this because it's my topic at the <laughs> end and you guys can't stop me. <laughs> actually, pl- playing a game with Jill a second, third, fourth time is 100% system. Like, all of the games I have are settings that I like. The ones we play are the ones that have good systems. Yeah. The ones That's that about- are settings that I like that are shit, we don't play anymore.
0: <laughs> like, and that That makes sense. That actually yeah. does. Because if you don't um, enjoy the game, you're not going to play it.
2: Yeah, and I think that like for board games, I I don't do what a lot of people would do, with, like following designers, um, and like that kind of thing. Or publishing houses. I was a little bit of a, an FFG fanboy for a little while, even pre X Wing days. So like
1: we are obviously, the,
2: the listeners can't see it, but obviously the, the chaos in the old world boxes front and center in my shelves behind me. I so I picked up the Horus Heresy game. This is all those IP, um games that GW did with FFG. And then Bomb Miniatures games, I think um I'm, I'm probably like ninety percent setting. And on those ones I'll persevere more with a game that isn't as strong. Like I think I spoke about trying Battletech out. I think mm. we've had that Oh yeah. Yeah um, we've had
1: that well Adepticon did that to me.
2: Yeah but like that
1: and we have a contingency of people playing Battletech up at the store now.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's it's growing, it's definitely in growth at the moment, which is why I picked it up. I'd never really played at all. And like uh, the set, the setting, I don't really know a lot about. I've been listening to some audio books and actually reading some books for Battletech, just like the, the stock pool books, um, to kind of get a grip of the, the setting,
1: the, the old school ones, because,
2: yeah, because I don't want to grind myself into the setting so I can understand it because that's what will keep me playing because the system. Is old,
1: older than GW.
2: Yeah, like, it's it is what it's designed to be, and it's very deliberate in being that. It, like it's flowed and proud that it is an old mm-hmm. system kind of thing. Uh, like, Alpha Strike may be different, but I have no interest in trying Alpha Strike. Uh, if I'm mm-hmm. going to do it, I want to do it with the tables and
0: uh-huh. you know all of
2: that kind of stuff. But like. I definitely think that it's setting that'll kind of keep me into a game. But yeah, I'd love to hear from all of the listeners in the Discord. Just come come on by, let us know. That's the three topics you can go for. Board game, RPG, and miniatures game. And whether you're more system or more, to- um, more setting, you know, where you lie on that scale, would be an interesting conversation, I think. And then, yeah, I think we can move on to closing out the show. Yeah, we were go- oh.
1: we were talking about dice trays and army cases well, for stuff like that. Well,
0: if in you the are future, on the, in the future, if, if you in are
2: if you're on the Discord and you happen to be a Patreon, you would have access to our Patreon only chat. I've been posting; I always post like what I'm working on in there. And I did a post um, linking to um dot slash store because. I'm currently working on actually getting the store up and running. I, was, I said I'd do it at the end of January. We're coming, you know, middle of August now. And I'm actually making progress. I'm adding pictures to a bunch of products at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's going going pretty well. I've reorganized it since you last looked. So it should be a cleaner I have questions.
1: Now. Are these from your personal collection, these photos? Or are these stock photos from the companies that make it? The uh, only reason the they ask
2: at the moment are um, stock photos if you're looking at the gamers grass stuff i see assume... no,
1: no i'm looking at the army case stuff that still has first edition x-wing cards
2: oh yeah no this is stock stuff i will okay, be going I through just, i was
1: just thinking i wasn't judging yeah. i was just
2: no
0: it's, where it's where, where is that located chris
2: it uh, is dice8.com slash store obviously there'll be links and everything once it's all up and running but um, you can't buy anything yet. It's set up in test mode at the moment so people can have a play around. But the the big delay that actually stopped us getting live sooner was um, the platform that I'm using for all of the commerce on the website won't integrate with any shipping companies or anything like that. So I, I could either just charge a flat rate for every order or kind of i can do it by weight but then i have to like figure basically i'm cheating i've had to manually enter a weight for every item on the store which is actually an indication of what size box it'll fit in and how much it weighs so it's not a true weight of the item but i had to work it out so that if you buy three packs of gamers grass i can send out an envelope so you get cheap postage so it doesn't matter how much it weighs it'll fit in this size package but i had to figure out the size of boxes I can use, how much I can pack in them of each type of item, play some Jenga, and then assign a numerical value that uses the category weight because the uh, every time you add something to your cart, it'll add up the weight and then give you a level of postage. Right. But it isn't, obviously, a, it's not actually the weight of the box. So it's a little bit convoluted and took a lot of time, but it it's all done for Canada at the moment. So I've got it for like Calgary, Alberta, and then every other province in Canada. I'll be working on the US next. Then I'll be doing the UK, then Europe, then Australia. I'll kind of spread it out and stuff. But yeah, I'll be looking for people to like mess around, throwing items in carts and stuff like that, just to test out um, that it works and everything. Then hopefully... That should be done, hopefully, this weekend. I should have every item have its pictures. Then I need to make sure it's set up so that I can offer the Patreon discounts so that anyone who's a Patreon will just get to... Um, I don't know if I'm going to send out a code every month to a which will expire at the end of a month kind of thing. Right. Um, but probably,
1: the, probably the right way to do that, by the way.
2: Yeah. But we'll we'll figure it out. Um. And then, yeah, I've... There's a bunch of other stuff that I can do, but it's getting getting this set up is my, my primary focus because there's a bunch of stuff that I make that's selling pretty well out of the sentry box. So I'm doing stuff that people like, but um it's just getting it to the the hands of people. But yeah, I know Ed's looking at the feldher cases at the moment. Which, I think
1: hundred percent what I am doing right now. He is not wrong.
2: Um so Feldherr is a German-based company, but it's pretty difficult to get over on this side of the Atlantic. All of the uh, listeners in Europe will wonder what we're talking about because they're really popular and really easy to get over there. And it's what I used to use when I lived in Scotland. But very few places over here actually stock them, so uh, they should be pretty good. I'm designing um, specific uh, inserts to go in um, on top of the foam. Stuff that they make themselves. So that's why there's like random form and like empty cases are on the website. I just need to do all of the 3D printed and laser cut sections uh, need to be created properly. But that'll be uh, something that should be pretty cool.
1: I'm just, out, I'm just trying to figure out the biggest bag that you cover.
2: Yeah. Uh, it would be medium plus, would be that's... the biggest one on there at the moment.
1: That's the one I'm looking at.
2: Yeah. You'd probably want to do a custom world out, which will be an option. It just isn't one yet. Oh. I mean,
1: I tried it, clicking on the link for the case, and it's a broken link, by the way. Uh,
2: because... That's because I haven't added the tags. If you go to just Felder, it should list all of a Felder. Um, oh. Okay. I, I realized how to actually organize it so that it tiered down into sections. After I'd already added all of the pictures for a Felder, so I need to just go back and redo those.
1: Oh, gotcha.
2: But that takes like two minutes compared to actually adding the descriptions and the photographs of everything.
1: Yeah, so it's it's interesting when I, and again, just doing a little bit of uh, UAT testing for you. um, When I click on the link for the Medium Plus on the main store page, it goes to a broken link. But if I click on it whenever it goes, oh, you might, the also recommended stuff you might also like, I click on that link, I get to it.
2: Yeah, because uh, that uses the tags, not the categories. The tags are all set up correctly. The categories aren't for Felder. If you look at Mm -hmm. the gamers grass, all of the gamers grass stuff that's on there should work. um, And there's some
1: badass stuff in here.
2: Yeah, it's all good. A
0: A quick question on the Felder cases. Don't they have a cardboard case too?
2: Uh, they do have offer cardboard cases and they do ones with like magnetic flaps and stuff like that and have a, yeah. a wide variety. Um, at the moment, I've kind of been limiting the amount of stuff that I'm going to order until I'm actually selling stuff. Because obviously only being able okay. to sell stuff to stores kind of means I don't want to fill my my storage space with stuff I can't sell.
0: Yep, right. that's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. But but would you be willing to do a special order?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred
0: percent. Because I like the Feldar case, I like the Feldar foam, but I like yeah. the cardboard box rather than the soft case.
2: Yeah, yeah. There will be options for all of that kind of stuff, and uh, as it as it hopefully grows, uh, it will uh, will be same as I did for the dials and stuff that you asked for. Sean doing custom works always an option. Yeah. yeah so that's been exciting cool dice news um actually moving forwards doing that so there'll be hopefully other stuff and um we'll have sales and stuff like that which will promote through the content so gives you extra reasons to listen you know Mm -hmm. it'll be great so uh, all right
1: i've got yeah. questions uh your gamer grass like so what i was fascinated by again for those who aren't uh privy to this that you've got some of the standard tufts that i've seen before which yeah. are basically you know, different colors of hair to a sticky surface that you could put on thing. but some of this other gamer grass is flat out amazing like some of the the mysteria the lords and ladies like they look like actual plants are those silk or what are those
2: um it looks like uh, kind of a vinyl material it's what i use okay. on my elder wraith guard bases i used some of the um i think he's alien ferns and red uh red ole i think it is Uh oh. yeah
1: red aloes yeah oh man th- th- those are so cool i i i'm completely blown away by these like these are really
2: neat yeah you'll be able to buy them soon so i mean you, to be honest you could buy them now you just have to email uh dice, hey, at gmail.com and ask to do a an order that way but you know at some point there'll be a website you can order it off
1: yeah <laughs> but i want to be able to give your a good like smoke test on your website to see if it works or not
2: yeah we'll get there i said by the end of this month we should be there i'm pretty confident actually it's going it's monotonous and boring but I'm mm-hmm. kind of grinding through um, about. Um, I think yesterday I must have uploaded maybe seventy-five to hundred photos to a website. I'm getting doing everything where I can get stock photos first, and then I'm gonna have a day where I just take pictures of all the products. So like the Lord of the ring stat trackers, I'll need to go down to a store, play a game, like set up the models and have like the trackers on the table so I can have that shot. Then I'll have them in the light box so I can have the proper product shot and yeah. do all of that stuff. But yeah, all of the stuff that I have stock photos for are getting done first because why wouldn't I?
1: Right, exactly. And now I've got to find a way which army I'm going to completely rebase an alien flytrap because oh boy, is that cool. Yep.
2: Yeah. But luckily, like, there's also a the bargain bases range, which hasn't been added to a website yet. So if you wanted cheap GW bases to put them onto, Ooh. when you rebase them or if you needed base adapters to change your 25 mils to 32 mils that i'm highly interested in and they'll be you. on the website as well you know oh i can't wait yeah and then one thing i haven't actually ran past you guys but i thought could be uh fun to just drop a bombshell on you so that you kind of had peer pressure and have to agree um so, I thought about a new show idea that we could add into the lack of focus carousel of ideas. Mm-hmm. I thought we could do, um, not necessarily a movie night where we watch it all together on Discord in the thing, as cool as that might be, but we like we pick a genre, pick a movie, we all have a month or whatever to have watched it, and then we can do our, our thoughts
1: kind of like a movie club as opposed to a book club. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, we could do a literally. as well.
2: You, but...
0: you literally read my mind because mm-hmm. I had the first movie to pick.
1: Uh-oh. Uh, okay. Wait, yeah. every, every good show's going yeah, uh, yeah, to be a. the
0: on. It's on Amazon Prime. Perfect. So it's a Prime show. It's included with Prime, so if you have that. um, It's called The Arrival.
2: I've, I've not never, seen that I, yet. I've
0: never, I've never seen it.
2: Is that the Mel Gibson my, one? No, no, it's Charlie, no. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, Okay.
1: Oh wait, wait, wait! I think I do remember seeing, uh, but it's been a really, really, really long time since I've seen it.
2: I've never so, yes. seen but it. I have but to double ha- check, when I can watch it in Canada. Just Give me a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right.
1: Geo geo blocking yeah. could happen. Maybe you should get yeah. a. Uh, I should a v- get a.
2: V- well, if we had a VPN sponsor, I'd get one. You know, come on, no, yeah. where's my money? <laughs> word VPN. Come on. Uh, call uh, us up. Word VPN. Other other GPNs are available until they sponsor me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> arrival the arrival and
1: that, that the has arrival. to be late 90s
0: it's 96 yep the reason why is i'm not a huge fan of charlie sheen but this has four and a half stars
1: okay if i remember the movie correctly it was fantastic so that's gonna be like we're gonna have to come up with requirements like so does it have to be a movie that none of us have seen
0: or haven't it's seen cool. in a long time or
1: haven't seen in a real because you're right it's been a really long time since i have seen this film
2: so 1996 is this the one yep Yep. charlie sheen should be in it zane an astronomer
0: discovers intelligent alien life but the aliens are keeping a deadly secret and will do anything to stop zane from learning it
2: uh that's not what it says from i've got radio astronomer zane believes he's picked up a cosmic noise that signals extraterrestrial intelligence his desperate search for answers leads him to mexico and a mysterious power plant where is where I'm assuming it's supposed to say, where well, he is arrested for a murder of a scientist saying so must escape with his proof of a world shattering alien invasion. Yeah.
1: No, Sean, I'm a hundred percent with you. This is a great, or I'm sorry, this is Chris. I Chris's idea. And this is a great movie to start.
0: Yep. Yeah. I was actually thinking about bringing this up after the show and starting with this. Literally, I was just going through Prime, and I saw this and see, I like weird. I, the majority for me, it either had to be sci-fi or fantasy. Not Same. a horror fan, but I can I can deal with horror a little bit. But but so... when I came across this, I saw Charlie Sheen in this, and I'm like, what the? <laughs> this is just so not him.
2: So I will say this is st- stolen wholeheartedly from oh, some of my favorite content creators. Uh, they have um, a new channel called um, Last Free Nation Culture, and uh, it's some of the people I used to follow from my like, esports stuff, but they do—they pick a—they do a weekly show where each month they'll pick a genre, and then they'll do four movies from that genre. So we've just finished our first month where we did Eldritch Horror. So they did the thing. Oh. Um,
1: oh, such a good movie! Um,
2: Event Horizon. Another great movie. Um, obviously, other ones. Um, yeah, and like, a couple, a couple of other movies, but. Um, seemed like a, a decent concept which i will just um Completely. liberate from them and um, um you know
0: j- just for time's sake let's just do one movie to start and make sure that's what I, that's what it. i
2: mean i yeah. if <laughs> we just did one and just added that kind of thing into a rotation oh yeah I no think,
1: i think i think that's a great idea
2: yeah but yeah okay well i'm i'm in <laughs> but it does mean we have homework so
0: it,
1: yep. yeah but is it really homework?
2: I mean, it's an hour yeah, and 55 the one, minutes. The
0: one thing about it is, though, is you're not going to really be able to paint because you're going to have to pay attention and take sure, notes. Sure, sure, sure. And take notes because now with this, are you going to want to have like I, I, we'll we'll have to discuss format offline, like what what we're going to discuss when we talk about it.
2: So I do think this is definitely something I think we would want to do um, a video content for and try and get like stills or clips or whatever if we're talking about specific parts and it might be a bit more editing intensive but i'm happy to do that work because i think it'll be fun and i think it'll be uh, interesting for us to have our type of disagreements and conversations within that (laughs) uh that more stringent context
1: oh i've already got i've already got mine picked assuming none of you guys have seen it yet i mean
2: we could have all seen it 20 times if it's something that we think we can talk about and it'd be interesting you know it's fine
1: it's kind of horror it's kind of not but it's got um all what's his name darn it i can't remember oh it doesn't show the actors why doesn't it show the
2: actors i bdm it
1: maybe i'm thinking no it's the wrong movie i know the movie. i'm thinking all right no i've already got it's the (laughs) relic i think it is and I'm just trying to remember. It's uh, not Michael Madsen. Who else is it? It is darn it. I'm Tom Sizemore. That's the one I'm thinking. It's got Tom Sizemore in it. I think I'm... if you guys have not seen that one, that's going to be my pick for the following movie. Okay. So we've got oh, the Arrival yeah. and then the Relic, and that's an... oh boy, we're definitely calling back because this was what... this had to be 95,
0: ninety five, ninety ninety seven. <laughs> yeah. So so yes. here's one th- one quick thing. If we pick a movie. And it's not a free movie, then we'll have to do like a stream.
2: Sure, 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 sure. Um,
0: We all get on and watch it.
2: I don't know how to do it, but we can do it in Discord. It's the thing we can do.
1: Yeah, according to uh, Amazon, it is absolutely on uh, included with Prime, mine and yours.
2: It's okay. It looks like it's only me who has to keep paying for them, because I'll have to rent or buy. um, No,
1: no, no. We'll we'll
2: we'll make sure it's yeah. fine cuz it's just cuz it's my, in Canada it's not a problem
0: my my next one is anyara and we've I've already talked about it
1: you've t- and I've never gotten around to watching it so that's this will be a perfect excuse to make that happen yeah.
0: but if you yeah. don't want to buy it i own it so i don't know if it's on prime yet or if it's still on prime we'll figure but, it out uh, it's not a problem but i i buy movies like i'll watch half a movie then buy it and then regret it later <laughs> cuz i see half of it and i want to see the end of it so then I end up buying it like, uh, Moonfall, worst movie I've ever fucking seen ever.
2: Terrible movie. Bad. Oh, that was horrible. You obviously didn't watch Valentine. Um, so do we, do we want to put, swap that in, um, for your topic, Sean? Or do you want to do it? Cause I was intending it to be uh, like a fourth slot in the rotation, to give us a chunk of time, but I, I'm happy for it to be what something that we can. Oh no, I think, I think we got
1: we got to ride this wave now.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I. Let's do it as the fourth topic. You know. So the fourth week, so we could do it next next show because that would be that because Ed's first, I'm second, you're third. So right. then it so would be the. It. Then it would be the movie
2: show. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. So we've got two weeks to watch it. So you. So you're know, You got uh, it. Yeah, I've got all... football
1: tomorrow and I've got preseason football tomorrow night, but I can definitely make sure to squeeze it in over the weekend.
0: Yep. I have, yeah. I've clicked it for my watch list, so I'm ready
2: to go. Cool. And then, um, yeah, I've got a couple of ideas for different things like that we could do. Uh, but yeah, yeah I figured great. it could be be I interesting. Like I can't, yeah, do no. bo-
0: I can't do books. Cause I don't read, I don't have time to read that much. So
2: audio book shop. I, w- I was just going to say, uh, oh, so I have, available. I
0: have, I have about 40 audiobooks and I've listened to about 60 minutes of two of them and I can't my brain won't process audiobooks literally. that's the
1: that's the benefit for me for having the almost hour long drive to and from work
0: is yeah. I I'm able I I don't I don't have that space in my yeah. life like
1: Yeah, no, I got it.
0: Yeah. It's if I had that like if I drove a lot I, I then it would work for me but there's too much distraction with everything else if I'm just trying to listen to it.
2: Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I know um I just finished um Cypher Lord of the Fallen, Ed.
1: Ooh, I'm <clears> falling <throat> behind on my forty K stuff. Um, uh,
2: so it just came out. Uh, obviously Dark Angel player lover, so I had to pick it up. <laughs> Traitor. Uh, I I bought the book and uh downloaded it on audible so I didn't have to actually Go through the effort of reading it because I'm currently reading a uh, stock pool uh, I'm reading Warrior on Guard for BattleTech. Um, do they
1: do they still number the spines on those uh BattleTech ones?
2: No idea. um No, because uh, it's a new printing, so these is oh, uh, um, yeah, if I, I remember,
1: and I could be wrong again. BattleTech fans, don't burn me down for this one, but if I remember correctly, they use because so that you could read them in chronological order. They had a number on the spine to know which book you were picking up.
2: Yeah. But um Cypher, one of the most frustrating reads slash listens I've had mm. in a long time. <laughs> the problem is I think it's supposed to be.
1: Well, his whole character is
2: supposed to be. The only no, thing but I it, it's I I was just frustrated listening to it. Every time I put it on, it just frustrated me. And I. it got halfway through it and I'm like, I feel like you're doing this on purpose. And it very much is. <laughs> and it's designed. And you're right. And it's because the Dark Angels and that kind of story aspect is all about secrets and lies and that kind mm-hmm. of setting. And it, it's a well written, good story. It's just, ooh, I don't. I just, is, is I hated in, every second of it. Is this in the Siege of Terrace um, section or is it? No, this is, um, mod- so I believe it is set. Um, as Cipher, as Goldman arrives on Terra with Cipher in tow, and then oh, gets uh, taken away. Okay, okay. Aricus I didn't know. Aldi. I didn't know
1: the the official time setting for that one because I did get one thing spoiled for me on that book, which I really wish I didn't know. And I'm not going to spoil it here for those who haven't read it yet.
2: Yeah. Well, once we stop recording, we can chat. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, it was, it was good. But oof. I feel like I mean maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm giving it too much way. But I'm feeling like it's supposed to make you feel that way. Which meant I really didn't enjoy it. So I need, now I need to read it to see if it feels the same reading it. Because another slight criticism would be the voice acting doesn't compare to the normal GW voice actors. There isn't enough differentiation between the characters so you kind of get lost of who's talking sometimes. Oh,
1: no, I'm not a fan of that. The, yeah. um... I listened to the um, Song of Ice and Fire, and I'm sure the, the the VA who did that work was fine, but I you I had that exact same problem because there's such a, a mix of characters in George R. R. Martin's work that you get lost on who's talking. It's so hmm. it's kind of frustrating.
2: Yeah, well that's it. Are, are you are you able to do a closing at or do, do you need me to do it for you again?
1: I think I might let you do it again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's past midnight and I'm already tired. My brain's yeah. not working
2: 100%. Yeah, well, thanks everyone for listening. It's been an honor talking to you all. Um, thanks to all the Patreons. Obviously, I'm hoping to be able to start giving back again. All of the um, Patreon exclusive stuffs going to be geared through like vouchers and tokens for the store and everything now. So it should kind of, once everything falls into place, that should pick up. But um, there's hopefully more content coming down the line, not just from what we've discussed here. But I have irons in fires for doing other things as well. So hopefully that'll be great. And you can find all the information over at diceate.com. It'll soon be a store there, so I'd look it if you I would love it if you could check that out and just give feedback. You don't have to buy anything, but just like lay out all of that kind of how it feels to use that kind of stuff and uh yeah make sure you jump on the discord the links on the website as well and we've had a few people join it's been a little bit sweepy in the, the last week or so but there's still been uh, some new new pictures of people painting i said ed posted posted his new models i,
1: did. I actually um, did i've been posting
2: um stuff in the Patreon only chat so you know half of the discord can't see it but give me a dollar and you'll be able to find out all of the secret <laughs> stuff it's fine uh, but yeah, that's it. And um, I've got nothing else for closing Ed, so he should be good there.
1: All right. Always good to talk to you, my friend, Sean How uh, We'll see you next week and after we're doing a movie night.
0: Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Have a good night.
1: And Chris, as always, good to talk to you.
2: Uh, it's always good to be here.
1: So thanks everyone for joining us on this week's Next week, we're going to be doing The Arrival. So hopefully we've had enough time from the time that you're hearing this for you to maybe hop on to Amazon Prime or whichever streaming services may or may not have that. And you can follow along with us. So until next time, guys, as always, fly casual.
2: Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Out Productions.